I tell people all the time, like, catching deer is as Western and as rodeo and as wild as you can get. Deer catching right there. Shit's dangerous, folks. <laughs> Tejas. Tejas Hunker Podcast is the podcast for you and you and you and you. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Tejas Hunt Club Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon McDowell, and today I'm joined on this intro by the... Megan McElyay. And this week, we're going to have a podcast with Justin Meyer and Drew Haas. I met Drew on Instagram, just like most of our guests we've had on the podcast. He's a helicopter pilot that aids in wildlife capture. I reached out to him a couple weeks ago when I saw a post that he collabed with our other guest for this podcast, Justin Meyer, when they were doing a wildlife capture. I sent him a message and had to get him on the podcast because, for one, I like helicopters, and for two, wildlife capture is pretty cool, and I wanted to hear more about it. I'm really excited for y'all to hear this podcast, and I'm glad it's the first one for 2024. If y'all aren't already subscribers to our YouTube channel or following our Instagram page, you may not have noticed that we've been publishing some really cool stuff. I know, like, the most recent trip, we were able to film some behind-the-scenes footage of our packing list, all the gear that we took with us to a wildlife content shoot down in Mathis at DEA. And it just so happens that I captured one of the most epic scenes that I think I it's going to be hard to beat for a really long time. For sure. Um, it was some really, really mature, gorgeous bucks just going after it. They fought for about six minutes long. I mean, it's it's really epic footage. We slowed some things down. It's just really cool to go look at that if you haven't already. And that project for DEA in particular was through our media company. Um, if you don't know about that, we own a media company together called Bar MC Media. And that's where a lot of our content comes from is with our clients that we have in the wildlife industry. We also have tons of rodeo content as well that you can check out Um, just from the years that we've been in the industry for both sides. It's been a really exciting experience. And if you guys are interested in hiring us for any kind of content creation, um, we also do a lot of events. So you'll see that on our YouTube channel. Yep. Um, We have a lot of fun. I think it's been a really cool journey as far as like the Bar MC side of things too and how Tejas has has built really nicely into that. Yeah, definitely. And then like speaking on those events and stuff, we have the SEI West Texas Hunters Extravaganza coming up out in Midland. We're going to be covering that event. Um, It's going to be their auction. Uh, They'll have vendors set up. So during the day on Saturday, you can come by, walk through the vendors. They'll have anything from... QU is going to be there. There's going to be guides and outfitters, going to be just different uh, companies in the outdoor industry. I know like Pecos Outdoors was there last year. Um, If you check out their Instagram, they do have a full list of all the vendors that are going to be there. It's SCI underscore West underscore Texas, I believe. If I'm wrong about that, I'll put it right here underneath here just to correct myself but uh just go check out their instagram and also their facebook page and you can get hey 
Yep. I was right. Look at there. SCI Brandon, you'd be proud. Hopefully you're listening. But um, yeah, just go check out their Instagram, check out their Facebook page, and then uh, hopefully we'll see you out in Midland on Saturday while we're walking around covering everything. Mm -hmm. So it's a great event. We went for the first time last year. Um, that committee, that chapter just is top notch in putting together that event. So you won't be disappointed that you travel all the way out to Midland. No, and they raised over a million dollars in one night for conservation last yeah, year. Yeah, it was awesome. They do a lot of different things um, for that. And then also for the blue bags that they do where they take yeah. stuff over to Africa for different villages and stuff. So hunters are taking that over to the villages that they're going to be in while they're hunting, giving, I mean, kids from crayons to coloring books to different things, toys and stuff and books that they can learn from. So it's it's a great program and a great organization and chapter to support. Also with that event, we did a, a podcast, the last podcast, if you go back with Brandon Bredermeyer, who's the former president. Now he is on the committee for the event. So uh, we did a podcast with him talking about the event so you can hear more information in that. And then also about his trip, two trips to the Amazon and then over to Spain. So he went to the Amazon to fish for peacock bass in Spain to hunt ibex. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, pause this one, go back, mm -hmm. listen to that one. It's good. Hear his stories, learn about SEI West Texas, then come back and listen to this podcast. We just got back from Dallas Safari Club convention, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. We went and stopped by, saw a bunch of clients, and then also talked to some friends and stuff. Met some new friends. Shout out Colton Beam. Uh, but, uh, got to walk around, saw a bunch of outfitters and guides, bought some more QU stuff. I told you it was going to grow on me. I just picked up some pair of pants and I got a vest. I was supposed to go draw on pants and Brandon walked away with a pants and a vest. Yeah. I mean, it was on sale. <laughs> on it, was, sale. it was on sale. Okay. It show, show discount. Yeah. Wink, wink. But yeah, stop by there. Uh, saw our boy Charlie Maynard, the safari specialist. So if you don't know about Dow Safari Club or the convention in itself, Dow Safari Club mission is to ensure the conservation of wildlife through public engagement, education, advocacy for well-regulated hunting and sustainable use. If you want to support Dow Safari Club or just want to learn more about the organization, you can visit their website at biggame.org. We're a little sad that it's not going to be in Dallas for the next couple of years. It's going to be moving to Atlanta because... The convention center there in Dallas is going to be going under renovation. So we're not real sure if we're going to be making it to Atlanta for that one for the next couple of years. We'll but we'll be glad when it comes back to Dallas in the new uh, convention center. Kind of in that same vein of being involved in conservation, one of the things that we've kind of planned for for 2024 is to offer more information and ways that our listeners and our followers can be more involved in conservation, whether that's uh, donating time to different, <clears throat> excuse me, events, or uh, just sending a simple email like we spoke before about how.org and uh, Sportsman's Alliance and those organizations and just making sure that our voice is heard as hunters and fishermen and, you know, people Stewards. that just enjoy yeah. being in the outdoors. Um, I, I'm sure some of you, if you're on Instagram or on Facebook and following some of these organizations, you've seen some of the posts about different anti-hunting organizations already starting the year off, um, trying to get different bills passed and to ban wolverine hunting and then the thing that they're doing in Colorado. I'm sure you've seen all the videos about the wolves getting released in Colorado. So it's it's not going to get any easier for us. And if we don't start being active in these things, not only just being in the outdoors, but being at meetings in your local communities or even out at your state capitals, um, it's, it's kind of time for us to kind of get together and kind of make sure that our voice is heard. Because if not, there's anti-organizations that are working every day to keep us from doing what we love. We're going to try our best to highlight local hunting and fishing tournaments that we see on social media 
either if you want to sponsor those hunting and fishing tournaments with your company or something, or if you just want to enter those those hunting and fishing tournaments, we want to be, be sure to spread that information out so different people can hear about it and then also support those events. So like we had the West Texas Big Bobcat Contest that ran last weekend, I guess the, the first leg of it. And I think it got here, there was 521 teams in it entered and then uh the total payout was $119,000. So I mean, there's things to win in these contests and it's a great way to give back to conservation, you know, predator management with the predator contest, the hog hunting contest that they have. Sad to hear um a couple oh, weeks yeah. ago that they canceled the the quero contest. Quero. So it was usually put on by the extension agency, but for some reason, uh I guess well they from what they posted on Facebook, it's from lack of participation, uh, participation mm-hmm. um, but they canceled the contest for this year. So that's kind of sad to hear. So we got to be sure and, and support those contests, um, it, whether that's just from going to the weigh-in or setting up a booth for your business or something or entering the contest themselves. Um, these help the local communities. It's a way to keep the youth engaged too for some of these. Definitely. They have all those youth age brackets. If you hear about any contests in your area and you feel like they should be highlighted, send them, a, send them our way. Choose a DM, comment here on the podcast or comment on YouTube as well. Um, and just let us know about them. If they have a flyer, send us that and we'll be sure to share it on the podcast. As we're recording this intro, hopefully I get this podcast entered tonight, but <laughs> I tomorrow will be leaving to go to Miami for my bachelor party to go iguana hunting. So uh, we're going to go, me and my buddies are going to go iguana hunting uh, with Python Cowboys crew. Um, if you've seen his, any of his stuff on Instagram or YouTube, you should definitely look it up. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to go shoot iguanas with air guns in the canals around Miami. And then uh, the next day we're going to go offshore fishing. So I'm um, be sure to take the camera. We're going to video the whole thing, the whole trip. So we'll have the YouTube video. Uh, I'll see if I can talk the guys into doing a podcast, maybe, maybe, but we'll see if not, I'll do like a little recap when I get back and, and drop that episode as well. Yeah. Cause then you can tell them more about exactly why you're shooting iguanas in Miami. Like the fact that they're an invasive species is crazy. Like, yeah. They're everywhere. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much from that. Yeah. That's mostly why we're going to shoot iguanas. Um, just because, you know, people had them as pets, they get too big and they released them. And of course they breed like. They're, they're rabbits. They're rabbits. Uh, so um, they have a whole bunch of them. I mean, they cause they shit, and pee all over the place, and they burrow into dams. They burrow into levees. So mm. there's a lot of destruction in that. And then so we're gonna help the state of Florida in eradicating some iguanas, and maybe bring back some little trinkets to Texas. Please. So we'll do something like that. Um, I know we've been talking. <clears throat> I know we've been talking a lot on this podcast. We talked a lot on the last podcast since it was the last one, and this is the first one of 2024, but we're going to have a whole bunch more episodes, especially since we have this nice new table. If you yeah. notice, we're standing for this episode if you're <laughs> watching the video. Uh, I got some cool stuff from Real Avid that I talk, told you all about. So the next uh, podcast that drops is going to be a gear video from them. We're going to do an unboxing of all the things that I got and then kind of talk to you about how I'm going to be using them in the future. So uh, be sure to tune in for that podcast and then get ready to listen to two guys that love what they do. And I'm going to let you know we're going to be hearing a lot more from them in the future. And we're also going to have some clips of them flying around, netting deer and wildlife. So be sure and stick around for that. And we're going to get into this podcast, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Be sure and subscribe, like, drop a comment, send us a message, and y'all have a good week. See you on the next one. Syringes, darts. Everything in the bottom of it, and then I, I had another little piece of foam that I cut out and I put on my coyote collar. Oh yeah, I'm coyote collar.
so easy, and it's like you already have the, the vinyl artist. You might, yeah, as well, right. might as well use it. Sounds good. I think. Let me make sure here. We're recording. It's picking up. Hello. Check one. one check, check two. two. Check yeah, one. we're recording, man. Awesome. All right. Well, <laughs> we're not working with the headphones tonight because we need a new adapter for it. But uh, we're doing this podcast uh, for the Teos Hunk Club podcast, but also for Mr. Drew House podcast. First, first podcast at the, at the studio over here. Um, Positively Disciplined podcast with a PDP for short. We've got our boy. Justin Meyer over here. We're going to talk a little bit about some some, get, some gear capture today, and amongst other things. Heck yeah, man! I'm glad uh, we got to do this. I reached out to Drew and Justin on Instagram. We're like, hey guys, like y'all posted some pretty cool stuff with this gear capture and everything, and I want to hear about it because I, I love helicopters um, just from the drone stuff and starting there. But uh, I, I'm excited to talk to y'all about that today. So um, for your podcast, I guess we can do like a little intro. Uh, when you use it in there. So I'm Brandon McDowell. Um, I have the Teos Hunt Club podcast, and uh, mostly it's about hunting and being in the outdoors and different things. So we film, uh, do photography and videography in the outdoors, my fiance and I, and then uh, also in the Western industry, so rodeo stuff as well. And like I said, I reached out to Drew and wanted to talk to him about it, and he said he was going to start his own podcast. So I was like, dude, let's let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Let it rip. Let it rip, man. So yeah. Drew, Justin, kind of give you a little – Hi, overview, a little bit about yourself so everybody can know about it. Go ahead, Justin. Um, Justin Meyer, a second generation helicopter pilot down in South Texas. We do deer capture, brush brand, crop brand, uh, just about really anything you can do in a helicopter. This Robinson helicopter, we pretty much do it in South Texas or we travel. Yeah. Great catch crew. I've been catching with these guys for years. Me and Justin went to uh, flight school together at Veracity Aviation. Mm-hmm. It's a game, and uh, that's how we got to know each other. Yeah, we've been we've been doing hood rat shit ever since then. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. said you had caught deer on the ground, I think. Yeah, for my whole life. From the time yeah. I was six up until the time I went to flight school, I was I was catching I was catching exotics and stuff like that. Uh, we got into deer season, and I was like, need help as always. Always always need. Oh hand yeah, it's help. like the and need. I was like, hey, like you, <laughs> yeah. catch deer. He's like, oh yeah, and yeah, we ended up doing most of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So then we got to be really hanging out and doing stuff, doing rice together. A couple of years. Bunch of shit, man. Um, my name's Drew Haas. Um, from Hallettsville, Texas. I live in Austin, Texas now, and I am uh, a little bit all over the place. But I, I really love business. I love self self development, discipline, um, work now, and the outdoors. And that's kind of like I wanted to start this podcast to kind of encompass all of that. And yeah. you know. Be around people, to be around good people, talk shit, and have fun. And um, I don't know, just the podcast is a great way to do that, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just, just meet new people, like the networking fact of it, and, and like just want to talk people about shit. So here we are. We all yeah. talk all the time about stupid crap. Anyway. Exactly. Numero, exactly. Numero, numero, numero. I say, like, man, um, it's it's funny now, like how reality TV and stuff stuff is, and like that's the main thing people are watching, just like. Man, if we'd have had been running around with GoPros and stuff, we we're in high school and doing the stuff oh, we did. One, it probably would have got us in a little trouble. But two, it'd have been good watching for sure. We'd have had a, a pretty bomb ass YouTube channel. Oh, okay, for sure. You know, it's funny. It's like, Mr. Beast. Yeah, I've been. It's like it's like just the application of it. I've been recording videos since I was in high school. Since I was little, like even like mm-hmm. old videos, like being stupid and shit like that. And it's something that I've always loved doing. Um, it just I just never applied it, and like I made a goal for myself this year, like. I'm gonna go at it. Like I, I do. I like 
do a lot of cool shit with a lot of fun people and a lot of my friends are fun people like you guys and like and like and we should all get together and just and, and like you told me like a year ago you were like why don't we post anything like exactly. we have all these cool videos and we video everything just because we video everything yeah generally because yeah. we do it's like just start posting it I'm like all right and like second video i posted on tiktok just blew up yeah. and i was like I'll tell that to anybody. I mean, we've been doing the media stuff for a little while now, and I, I tell all my friends, it doesn't matter what job you have or what you do in your daily life. You have interesting stuff. You go to the gas station, you're going to see interesting people. You might see an interesting car. Yeah. Like, other people are going to find it interesting or funny or something else, too, yeah. especially, like, when you're learning stuff and passing that on to other people, too. So you got to provide value or entertainment. If you can figure out how to do both of those, you can, man, you can really do it. And, and it goes back to, like, no matter who you are or how good you are or what you're doing, somebody else is always your master. Even if it's a janitor, like, say you're a billionaire at a company and you have a janitor, like, if you're the billionaire, that janitor is still your master at something, meaning somebody always has something to teach you. Yep. And it goes back to the same thing with social media, too. Think about some of the videos when you're just sitting there scrolling that you start watching and you're about halfway through it. And like, why am I watching this? But you were watching rabbit it. Rabbit hole. Yeah, but you, you were watching, watching Rabbit hole, yep. man. That's why I try to stay off TikTok. TikTok mm-hmm. I, we uh, post stuff on there. I yeah. post to TikTok and I get off TikTok because yeah. if I've already known if I get there. going, I'm just going to sit there forever. Yep. And then it'll, it'll send me into different rabbit holes. Like I was on there the other day after I posted a video, I was making sure it went through. And it went through a rabbit hole of like old school hip hop music. Like, mm-hmm. well, I say old school, but like not like the stuff of today. Like yeah. 90s hip hop, right. 80s yeah. hip hop. And I was like, oh, shoot, I remember this song. Oh, I remember this song. And all this kind of stuff. And then like 30 minutes later, here I was still scrolling on TikTok. The movies on there get me. Oh, yeah. A clip of a movie, and then I go to their page. And Have you ever like gone off, like diverted, and then from, from somebody's message that they sent you, and then finally gone, like had to hit back, and you're like, yeah, I'm 18 pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, TikTok just going through that. Oh, yeah. That's one of my goals for the year is like less screen time. Yeah. I have, I, I, I had to buy an app on my phone called Freedom. I set it up and I have to turn it on and then like it locks me out of my shit for the day. Yeah. And then I'll catch myself op- trying to open my phone like 30 times. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've definitely tried to be more in, intentional good. about what I'm doing. Like if we're posting for business or like, you know, what I'm, whatever I'm doing that day, and it's just like, keep doing what I'm doing, go look at, you know, the people that I follow, like you said, for our inspiration or mm-hmm. anything like that, and then I get off. I mean, for the most part, I, I had to do that, I guess, a couple of years ago, because it was getting to where it was going and stuff, and I, I went through every single one of the pages that I followed, and I was like, okay, how does this page bring me value? If, if it's if it's entertainment, fine. Like, it's cool. Yeah. But no, this, this is why I'm following this page, or yeah. this is why I'm following this person. And like it cleaned up a lot of stuff that I, I wasn't even that about a year ago. I just went through there and I was like, don't even, like, don't even know this person or like just yeah. anything. Like, this page, like meme pages and stuff. Yeah. Delete them. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. Yep. And then like all the people too that, like some of my friends will probably go to their go to my page or see that I'm not following them back. And I'm like, well, dude, I got you on Facebook and you really don't post on Instagram that much, so I'm not gonna follow you. Yeah, dude, and like, <laughs> like you post your life on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's and like it's like I and like it's crazy how you can manipulate your algorithm too, man. Like you can start like if, if I'm seeing like if I'm like I want to see more business stuff or I want to see more hunting and fishing stuff, like yep. I'll start liking more. But you know the sad thing is like about it too is like it's gotten so much better now is like 
I had to stop posting a lot of my outdoor stuff because I was getting so shadow banned on there. Like, like it mm -hmm. felt like like it was great for a while, and then boom, it's like I got shadow banned on when dude, I started I posting, posting the capture stuff. Yeah. yeah, I got shadow banned a lot on TikTok, and I finally, I don't know, I guess I just started pulling some of the stuff out, but it worked. Like, uh, I posted one capture video, and just this tiny clip was a uh, Chase Harrison, and he was he mooned us. <laughs> just in this tiny little clip there. Yeah. And it was immediate ban. Like they didn't even let it post. Yep. And I'm like, I have seen negative content. Dude, it's, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> like, what? How, how are they picking through this stuff to decide I, this yeah. versus that? Yeah, then you'll be on Instagram, you'll see somebody just getting literally like murder. Yep. And you're like, I can't post a picture with a deer on it, but it has gotten way more lax. But I have, I'm sure you'll have these friends. Justin, you might be one of these people. I don't know. You've never sent me this. It's like, nah, people will send me. People will send me shit of people getting like like mur like I, somebody, a, a friend of mine sent me a video of a guy getting gored by a bull like like in mm -hmm. his eye socket. And the yeah. guy, I don't think the guy died. And I was like, stop sending me Did that you shit. Did you see the the bear on top of that person? No, just recently. I don't, don't send it. No, dude. I mean, I follow nature's middle. I've got one. I follow that one. That one's animal and animal. Like, when it comes to like animal and people or people killing shark attacks. Like, you know, I'm out. Came up like ten different. And it doesn't yeah, show you kind of shit even like a bear <laughs> on a person, like and like it doesn't really show, but he's he's obviously caring about. It. Yeah, the only it's one I've seen lately is that one where that guy unzips his tent and that bear standing yeah. on right outside. <laughs> 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 I'm like, dude, that's not doing anything. Uh, that's dude. not doing anything at all. Carry a gun. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, kind of talking about you know the things like you said, filming deer capture and that kind of deal. Like you said, you've been doing it on the ground since you were. A little kid yeah. and you second generation so same thing out of the yeah. helicopter like yeah. uh was it pretty how did you get into it like on the ground and catching stuff dude so my mom's first cousin who's basically i just basically it's just easier to call him my uncle but his son and i are the same age like two weeks apart three weeks apart yeah and they moved in to us moved in, to, moved in next to us um, in hallettesville when i was six and they were so close, they were like a quarter mile away that we lived in the country. So I would just ride my four wheeler to their house every day. It got to where I was just like another, I was like their kid till I was like my parents' kid. Yep. And Chris was always catching deer or in like, they, we had kangaroos at the house and, and lemurs and monkeys and shit, kangaroo friends at the house and shit. <laughs> like as little kids, so man, it, just, yeah, it was, it was so, yeah. much, so much fun, man. And like, it was normal. And he'd load our little asses in the truck and treat us like grown ass men and like make us go like like go grab that deer go, not so much go grab the deer unless like unless it was like more of a safer situation where he'd have us laying in the laying in a pasture with a rope holding the gate right, right ready to close the gate when he'd run them in their boiler or we'd be on walkie walkie talkies or he'd have us on a folder pushing deer a certain way and the whole time he's like you stupid little motherfucker no go this go like like, yeah, 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 yeah. Shit, dude. like and that's just how i grew up with him and like and we did i did that and then i finally you know you can only do so much, dude. I, I'm five six, so like, I was like a hundred pounds until I was in high school, and then I gained sixty pounds, and then yeah, I was finally big enough to go actually handle deer because they are fighting for their lives, whipping your ass. Yeah, like, it's such an adrenaline rush. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Justin can attest can attest to this, and like, so like six to to now, like I still go. I mean, I don't do it as much as as much as I do anymore, especially not as much as he's doing it, but. Um, it has paid a lot of my bills. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. A lot. And I mean, it was, I, I haven't done it out of the helicopter, but I've done it on the ground a few times, like catching exotics mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's, it's like you said, it's exhilarating. It's fun. 
like I got into it just a couple times just from knowing people and yeah. needing an extra hand. Like I grew up working cows and doing all that kind of yeah. stuff. So they're like, hey man, uh, we need an extra guy. We're gonna go catch these sandbar deer Sucker. or catch these axes mm-hmm. or catch these hotel. Like, yeah, we got, got him. him. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, it's just like working cows. I'm like, ah, then to get there, you figure out it's not the same and you're get, kind of getting in there yep. for sure. Yep. But like I said, I, I enjoy it for the most part. The times I get to do it, I'm pretty sure if I had to do it every single day, I'd probably have a different Dude, it gets, it I was gets thinking about this the other day. I have put every one of my good friends through a full capture season and then they're like, I'm not coming back. Like, don't call me. <laughs> yeah, don't call me again. Like, it was cool for like the yeah. first couple times for the whole season. I've gotten so spoiled, man. Like, it's just like, it's, it's like, I go just enough now to scratch that itch. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I, like, when I, like, I was catching with them quite a bit a couple of years ago, and like, we'd catch for like five or six days straight sometimes. I'd be like, uh, my back would be hurting real fucking dude. I'm like, Those short. Are like people that want to get into it, and they think, oh, it's like, yeah. They see like, these videos, and they're like, how do I get into this? And, and uh, you know, how do I be the gunner? How do number I one comment, dude, when you go yeah, to video. How, how do I get into this yep. business? And I'm like, one, just luck. Yeah. You got born into it, or like, you know, like, grew up in it. Exactly. And, uh, but they also don't see that we're up at three, four, five in the morning every day. Sun up, sun up. This year we did almost 40 days straight catching my tail. And you are balls to the walls getting your ass whipped. It doesn't matter if you're in a helicopter or the deer either whipping your ass because they, they're not working right. You're having, you could be having a bad day as the gunner or the pilot or mm-hmm. you heard the winds are bad or it's raining and cold. Raining and cold. <laughs> That's not a fun one. Yeah. That, is, that makes you never drink so much coffee when you're cold and wet. Oh, I just, you just the du- there's dust in your eyes all day it's long. Thorns, like, South thorns. Texas is thorns. Everything's yeah. trying to kill you. You're, you're, you're flipping foilers. You're, you're, you're like, it's, it, it gets, it gets nasty. It's fun. It's fun for a little while. And then, yeah. Then it's That's part of people. It's just a job. This whole time. It's, it's, it's still a job. Yeah. If you, if this is how you do it, if you like, if, if you were to ask me, and if you're from somewhere in the city or you're somebody that you think they're like, hey, I want to go do this for a job. You are gonna to have to literally pack up your shit and either get in a camper and move to South Texas or West Texas. South Texas is gonna be your best bet, mm-hmm. and because it's thick down there, and literally go offer your offer yourself for free packing nets, which is the worst part of, of deer capture. But you have to do it. It has to be done. Yeah. It has to be done right, or you don't fucking come back. Because there's no one on my crew that didn't start packing nets. If they don't didn't start packing nets, they know how to pack nets. Yeah. At the end of the job. Yeah. And at the end of the job, you all pack nets. You offer your service for free, and just and just watch and get good at packing. And then, but like, it's it's hard to get into. Like, mm-hmm. you're like nobody's gonna. It's it's like, hey, do you know a guy? Hey, do you know a guy? And then like, it's word of mouth because you can't have some slack slap dick coming out there, and and and, and, and ruining yeah, shit because it's a dangerous job. Shit, yeah. it's dangerous. Shit, dangerous, man. <laughs> So talking about this deer capture, um, kind of explain why you're why you're capturing these deer. Like, what is the purpose of, you know, you'll you'll get. The, I've seen the comments on yours. Some yeah. people, why are you chasing the deer yeah. and all this oh, other kind of stuff. Number one, actually, comment is why are you hunting? That's you're oh. cheating. You're killing the deer. Yeah. I mean, we're not killing the deer. That's not legal. That's you know everything we do is permitted. Uh, I think the number one capture we do is the DMP program. It's through TPWDs, Deer yeah. Management Program. Uh, we catch, uh, let's say it's a smaller ranch, 1,000 acres. We go in, they build a pin in the brush and put feed and water in it. You go catch 20 does and whatever buck they want, the best buck on the ranch. Yeah. Put them in there. Uh, that's usually October, November. Mm-hmm. They go through the rut. 
they release back on the ranch. And this, the whole purpose of that is to breed that good buck to 20 does and instead of them fighting everything else out in the pasture. Yeah. And, and you can actually hold them a little bit uh, more extended period and uh, let them fawn out in the pen and then release them. Uh, a lot of people do that now. But that is the number one capture we do for whitetail. So we're doing TTT, yeah, uh, yeah TTT and moving whitetail, which was a great program. Uh, these high pen branches that have too many does, instead of just chipping them, we yeah. were taking them and moving them, like say Del Rio, where they had anthrax, yeah, and they lost everything, all yeah. the deer, and we'd go dump out 600 deer, and it was a great program. And CWD, you know, TPWD took it away, so yeah, that's a totally different. Yeah. I, I did, I did well, something it. I'm not going to get into, but yeah, they, they yeah. took that program away. But that's the whitetail coverage, and then there's the exotics. Uh, there's generally it's you're moving them. Somebody has too many, you're moving mm -hmm. them to somebody else's ranch so they can hunt them or breed them or look at them. It doesn't matter. They yeah. can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, it's cool because the, with the exotics, um, some breeds of orcs and some other uh, breeds of deer, they've actually were non-existent and they're mm -hmm. where, where they're yeah. normally from Scimitar. Scimitar and stuff like that and they did so well in texas that they were exporting them back to africa yeah that's some cool stories and then you know texas parks and wildlife probably they'll, they'll give catch crews a call every now and then like hey we have you know a lot of bighorns some bighorn sheep we need to get caught and moved or like um i used to go to mexico that's where i started dunning um the most uh in mexico with the guy that owned flight school that we were at he knew that i was having catching deer for a while and he's like, hey, I need a gunner. You'd be about the right size. And I had never gunned before. Hopped in a helicopter with him. We flew to Mexico. Sent at this ranch. Had no power, no water, running water. Didn't even know. Like, we were basically like, like it was crazy. Because the time, the trips that I would go over there, I didn't know if I was staying in a mansion or if I was sleeping on a dirt floor. It was wild. And I didn't even know. He just threw me in the helicopter. We went in. The cartel, <laughs> yeah, we didn't know who we were working for. Put it oh, yeah, hey, they like big deer too. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't know. Like we, yeah, we didn't know who we were working for down there. We'll just put it that way, um, which is true. And, but still want to know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sometimes I felt safe. Sometimes I felt very unsafe. And sometimes yeah. I think I was very unsafe. Mm. Um, we refused to go down there. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, they found. Helicopter crashes, like crashes, but the pilots have the pilot, the gunner has bullet holes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a specific job that we were going to do that another catch crew kind of took out from under us down south. They got rolled up on, and shit got real sideways. Mm -hmm. And we were supposed to go do that job. I broke, I, I broke my ankle over there catching, and like ended up in a hospital over there, and like all kinds of shit. And um, it was, yeah, it was crazy. I know. The time before I went with Derek, he said he pulled up to the to the, air, to the airport in uh, Nuevo Laredo, and there was like 14 body bags on the tarmac when he flew in, and like it's, it's rough over there, man. Yeah, yeah, it's rough, it's man. But it was like I don't know. And we were doing the we were doing the TTTs basically over there. I mean, we saw do what was in Trump 2024. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it was. Uh, we, we we caught 500 deer in a week, and they took all most of them off the ranch. I think. Yeah, we're doing TTT down there. Not they didn't call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we were on a seventy thousand acre ranch. Mm -hmm. That was huge. Yeah, like, like, most people don't don't understand like how big some of these places are. 
Like, especially especially if you come from outside of Texas. I mean, for, for the most part, people in Texas understand that there's big places here. But going to other states where we have ranches here that are bigger than some states mm-hmm. or, like, don't understand that driving across Texas takes you all day. Mm-hmm. But just seeing 70,000 acres, you being on a place that you know. People can't even fathom that. No. And yeah. you, you could walk and you're not going to hit the other side of the fence. No, it's yeah. not going to happen. That's that's another good topic to bring up with high fence. Everybody hates on high fence outside of Texas. But I flew ranches that are 1,000 acres or 30, 40,000 acres that are high fence. And we see deer when we fly that I've never seen before. Yep. You know, it's still the wild. Yeah. Just because it's high fence doesn't mean that you're just going in there and whacking deer. Or yeah. yeah. They're gentle. Or, you know, granted. There is some ranches like that. Yeah, yeah. for uh, sure. For you know, sure. But it, it is what it is. But most of the ranches, especially down here in South Texas, West Texas, are high fenced. It's the wild. You're and just keeping some, your neighbors away. There are some wicked ass ranches in South Texas. Oh, it's crazy. crazy. You'll never know who owns them, and you'll just drive by them on the highway, and you'll just never, never know. We work on those. Don't know. Yeah, you meet the ranch manager, and that's all. That's all mm-hmm. you know. That's your connection. Dude, that's it. Yeah, like, and it, it's hard. It's like I was growing up. If you had a thousand acres when I was growing up, mm-hmm. you were a big deal. Like mm-hmm. that was like huge. Like 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 the places that I hunted on were like two hundred acres, something like that. And I was like, cool. I, I thought it was massive when I was a kid. And then yeah. I and then I you work. My grandparents had like a thousand, two eight, two thousand acres. Like friends that had them, and I mm-hmm. and I was like. Well, that's a lot, and then I started catching deer, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, you know, you're a little kid, and then all of a sudden you're in junior high, you're starting to understand shit, and you're like, "This is, this is ten thousand acres, this is fifteen, mm-hmm. and then they just keep getting bigger, yeah, bigger." Like I've been on some ranches with them that have been like 40, 50, 60,000 acres, and it's just like, "What?" Yeah, like the same thing, like working cows and stuff like that. And I'm, you'll, are you sure you see it on that side too? Oh, we it's like, "Oh, well, we're gonna go to the bull pasture." Well, the bull pastures. 8,000 acres, mm-hmm. and that's just bulls in that pasture. And then they got, you know, the cows over here and another yeah. one. Yeah. It's, it's the we same thing. That's, that's like, that's like, hey, go, go work the North Farms or whatever. I'm like, all right, I'll see you at lunch. That's yeah. The, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, and that's the, funny, that's the funny part about, like, that's the funny part about, like, catching deer and working cows and shit, like, you'll see videos of people and pilots and the gunners and the crew were just getting down on some shit, dude. Like, you only see that. You don't see the hours of, like, after you've caught after like they need a few more deer caught or they need a certain buck caught, you don't see the hours of flying zigzag lines back and forth. Looking for one buck. Looking for one deer or, or, or you got one dickhead bull at the back of at mm-hmm. one of those 2,000 acre traps and you gotta sit push, there and push, push that push and push that bull and then he'll get they pissed off and then they just walk or they'll sit under a tree and then you gotta get on the ground and then you got rat shot. Like it's just like, it, it's, it's it, it, you don't see the boring part of it or like the yeah, we days. don't post the boring parts yeah, yeah. or the, or, the or, or or the real work yeah behind what we're doing yeah. right uh, it's getting it's, up at three yep. getting home at ten packing nets for three hours yeah. freaking just all and that dude, stuff when so, I tell you that you are sore mm-hmm. you are sore the next day like, you never ride in a four wheeler which is you know, your back eating all, all day, day like and this. then you get off the four wheeler and you find a deer that doesn't want to be tied, but you tie it anyways because you're doing the program. And then you pick a deer up at full body weight and put it in the back of the four wheeler. These are South Texas. Drive it somewhere, yeah. Pick it up again, set it in another truck or in the pen or whatever, mm-hmm. and then leave it again. And it's all day. Oh, we catch, I've got 120 deer in a day, you know, and 
with four or five guys yeah. on the ground. And so they all caught 30 deer apiece. You know, mm-hmm. they're more out. Yeah. You're, 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 you're whipped with your bed, your back is hurting, and then like you've got thorns everywhere. I've been on a catch with them before. I come up on a deer, and she's just in this net, in this net. It, it's crazy because you suddenly look at me like she's not going anywhere. It makes one kick and then poof, it's the gone. net's gone. Open. I told us the Houdini does. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I got, and then I don't know if they were watching or not, but like, deer did that, and like, rules are rules are. You get, you get your hands you on it, it and you let it go. It's, it's your, your ass, fault. dude. Yeah. It's your ass. Like, 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 and it's like, it's like a. You get like one of those it's a season. It's like yeah, it's like a prideful <laughs> thing too, man. It's yeah. just like, and you don't. That's another thing. Do you want to catch deer? If you want to catch deer, dude, you, no, you, you not for the line hearted. You better be able to. Mm. You better be able to talk. Take a, a, sh- a lot of shit talking for one, and know how to hold your pee, and hold your pee. <laughs> know how to hold your vomit, yeah. depending on how pleased you are. Your pee. If I see you peeing in the pasture and I'm flying, I will fly right down on you. Rotor wash your pee back on you. So you better know how. Oh, dude, to hold it's it. constant fucking with each other too. But like, it's serious too. Like, like if. You go there and you're slacking in the sled, like you're slacking, like you're, 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 you're gone. gone. You're gone. I had a kid being tired and need ropes and cowboys and all that. And he's like, I'm looking for some deer. I know he was like, okay, let's get a deer this week. Yeah. I was catching and he's just like, hey, there's a deer. And he went to kayak and I kept on catching. And I'm pretty actively thinking about my crew, where they're at, if I've seen them recently. Yeah. If I haven't seen you for 10 minutes, okay, where are they at? Yeah. They get their ass kicked, they put forward or something crazy. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen very often, but you got to keep track on yep. for those guys. Like 10, 15 minutes go by, and I'm like, who is this guy? And we kind of moved on the ranch, and I finally went back and found him, and he was still tying the same deer. And then I was like, okay. So I went back, and like 10, 15 minutes later, come look again, he's still tying the same deer. Yeah. Okay. He's out. <laughs> Dude, and, and every catch crew is different too, man. It's what's crazy is everybody operates differently, and I've caught for like probably four or five different now and everyone i will say like flying jay like they they run one of the tightest ships i've been on for sure like when i was going to mexico man um that's not a big ship dude this ship in mexico and like i didn't know any better because that's that's the first place i started actually gunning at all of our like and and, like it's super hard to get your guns over there and stuff like that so once they're over there you just leave your you just leave all your shit over there and it doesn't get prepped up with it doesn't like and like Mm. they're not doing it as often as like they are and and they're very very organized with all their stuff like shit Mexico like you know the people handling it man I was having to, I would take three guns apart to put one together to have one good gun and like then you'd order rounds and the or the, the rounds of like I remember one specific time we we ordered we ordered uh, some rounds and they were so hot like because you can get different loads you got like red yellow whatever well I guess they yellow yeah, yeah but can I, I guess explain how the net gun works yeah, right? yeah. so you, you you have a we use a Thompson Contender. It's a three-way French Open, and you're shooting a blank out of it, and that's threaded into uh, basically four pieces yeah. of pipe that are slick internal. And you, in, be- in between the four barrels, you set a canister, a fiberglass canister that has the net packed in it, mm-hmm. and then you drop four stainless rods, which we call weights, into the barrels. And then when you shoot, the blank pushes those weights out, drags the net out, and opens it up. Right. Okay. And what he's getting at is, the hotter the load, the more it kicks. Yeah. And they kick it off. But and I got some load. I got some loads in Mexico one time. They were so bad, so so horribly bad. Like the gun was like, and your hands get weak if you're holding that gun and it's, mm-hmm. it's kicking real bad. And it and I was shooting a different type of net gun than the ones that they build or that they have. 
and this is just it's, they're called a quick connect and the, the canister itself is the barrel and it clicks straight onto the pistol like mm -hmm. a, a, it looks like a um, hydraulic hose because it's connected okay, to hydraulic yeah. yeah cup and the first round I shot of this gun it flies out of my hands pow cracks me in the forehead Ooh. right here and I was like what the fuck and I barely hang, hung on to it yeah, and all, not to mention all this is all while in flying <laughs> in a helicopter. Yes, not not just standing on the ground, I, dude. And you are like, and like sometimes you're pulling so many G's, like trying to work work a deer, and like you're going, and then the gun's just stuck to your side like this, and you're just like, <laughs> have you caught me the forty four? Yeah, huh? Have you caught me with the forty four? Yeah, a little bit, but not. not yeah, it's totally different. Like twenty two, you get that every now and then. Forty four, especially bad for them. It stuck to your leg a lot. Dude, I just, you just sucked. And like, sometimes I was like, shoot, you're like, I can't. I can't. But it's, dude, like, my, like, I, my knuckles from shooting that gun that time, I blew the gun all apart. I, we used it for a day, and there was another guy that's, uh, and we were kind of having a, having a dick measuring contest. He didn't speak any English. I taught our whole, he, but it was like a pride Yeah, it was a pride Actual thing. Like, he had been, been catching for a long time, and he'd been with gunning, like, and, like, I wasn't like that, like, but he was, like, he got in there, and I knew this gun was tearing him apart, dude. Like busting him up. I was waiting to see how, like, how how long he was gonna let his pride eat him up. But anyway, that gun was like all my knuckles were bleeding from it coming back. I dropped it out of the helicopter one time, broke one of our canisters because like it was it was kicking back, hit me, and my sternum was bruised from it. It was I don't know, I, like that night it blew, it blew the gun all the shit that day. His shit was all he finally gave it the second day after that. But at night, I took all those rounds. And I was dumping, I was dumping the powder, black powder, out of them. Problem with that is, is like I didn't know how. I had no measurements, so some of my loads would be about right, some of them were soft. And it's all about it's like shooting a shotgun, man. So it's all about leading it and like knowing how fast it's going to be. Like, and we had all mismatched nets, dude, and none of them flew the same. So I had to catch enough. I had to catch enough to be like, okay, this is that net. I know how that one flies. Yep. Dude, you want to talk about a shit show? And they don't give a shit. About anybody, we'd have brand new folders sent down there every year, and by the second or third catch, the fenders are all ripped off. The grill guards are every night they're they're welding on them and stuff like that. I'll never forget we had a cracker box welder, and the folders are just I have videos of them are just broken to shit. And like we're we're at this place in Mexico, and Emmanuel, the only guy on the crew that spoke English, I taught our whole crew how to catch. None of them knew how to catch. I taught them all how to catch, um, but none of them spoke English. So it was I had I did have times and speak a lot of Spanish. Taught them how Emmanuel knew how to um, speak. He cooked first too, but he's like getting ready to weld in this folder, and he hands me this cracker, this cracker box welder, and he hands me the, the plug, what was supposed to be the plug for it, and it's just two wires. Like he had just spliced, he just cut them off because they didn't have a plug for it. Yep. He goes, stick that in there. Stick buddy. it in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and I was, I was, I giggled a little bit, like one of those nervous yeah. giggles. I was like. You know, what? Like you're waiting, <laughs> like, you're, you're waiting for them to be like, oh, I'm just messing he with goes, you, man. No, and he wasn't excited. He goes, plug it in. And I go, fuck you. <laughs> Dude, and he goes, I'm done. He grabs it, just sticks it in the wall. No, but it was, it, I got crazy like stories like that from Mexico itself. Or like me and him, the, the first time I flew with you was one of the most fun days I've ever had in a helicopter and also one of the most scared days I've ever been in my life because I went to flight school with this motherfucker. <laughs> I had done some capture up to this catch he's talking about. I had done some capture. Uh, not a whole lot. It's pretty low-time pilot. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Is it about 800,000 hours somewhere? I don't even know if you had that many yet. Probably not. Huh? 
Yeah. Yeah, pretty low time pilot. And I had to find someone that was young for me. Yeah. So our, the guys that were running with us at the time that were really experienced gunners and whatnot are like, I'm not riding that motherfucker. He's a kid. I'm like 20 years old. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, so I convinced Drew to come down and capture for three days for me. Yeah. And yeah, it was a, definitely a rodeo. It was a learning experience. I remember that's talking about big ranches, right? We caught deer, ran out of nets, went back to the trailer to get nets, which is like miles away. Yeah. yeah. And then we're flying back out. I'm like, yeah, we've been flying for a while. Like, he's like, yeah. I'm like, damn. So I radioed my crew. I'm like, hey, uh, did y'all see us fly by? They're like, we flew by like five minutes ago. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think my GPS had broke or something. And I was just like, Dude, yeah. but we, like, we were, I hopped in with them and Quick, dude. We got on a roll, and we were playing them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was we, making we're clipping some, some good videos. Yeah, you were, uh, that was when uh, Thomas came, and he was videoing. Thomas right? came, and yeah. we, and then the best video from the day we got, though, we were working one real hard out of the brush, and the whole the crew from the ranch, like the the ranch, they get all fired up about it. Like it's a whole thing. Like when oh, you show yeah. up to a ranch, like the families are there and stuff a lot of time, yeah. and like it's a big deal. They're having they fun. It. Like they love it. Like it's a, it's a cool experience, and, and we all work as a team as well. But they were all sitting there and like we were like, ah, is she gonna do it? Is she gonna it's do hard it? Running one out into a field and there's someone standing on the other side of the field. They're like, they just lock up. Yeah. They're like, no. And she just went across and that's it. And they were all videoing. End of the day, like last year or something, and they're like, she just went. Dude, it was it was it was so much fun. Like we we were already getting hyped up. We're like, nah, she's not gonna do it. She's not gonna do it. And she ran out right in front of all of them right there, and they were recording. And it I think was just the last thing I said before you shot was Judo fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> when you're, so when you're when you're in the helicopter gunning in a twenty two, you've got your left foot and your you have your right ass cheek just barely on, on a seat like this, and you have a regular car seatbelt on, and you take the top of the car like 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 in a car seatbelt, yeah. take the strap up, put it behind you, and you have the, the bottom strap very loose. On your on your waist right here, yeah. very. You're not like, supposed to fall out. That's like your way back up. Yeah, your knee is what's holding you in. And then you have your knee on the inside of the of the windshield, and you have your left leg like outside the helicopter. So you're out. Your your whole body is outside yep. the helicopter. And it was just like it was a perfect layup, and and I came out way out of the helicopter, met the deer, she rolled up, and then we'll clip it. Yeah, we'll clip <laughs> it. In. Yeah, we'll clip it, and it was fun. But uh, those guys were all hooping and hollering and shit. better be able to take the shit on the catches right yeah. and yes, thinking about the video of you so the net gun oh, is crazy loud when it doesn't have a net it's, it's loud when it has a net in it but generally you're flying like well the prank of everyone in the capture business right is you fly over the crew and you just shoot a blank well it's with no with no weight in it or anything yeah and so you fly right over them just like a buzz, whatever. Boom, and he, everybody jumps. Because you can feel it, dude. Like you can, like it is. It's he's like a he's doing like an outro in front of the camera after the like the last end of the day, end of the capture. He had got out, and uh, I think Dad had jumped in with me for a little bit, and I blanked him when he was on video. And he, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we got him.
No, yeah. What, 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 yeah, he scared the shit out of me. I hit the deck, and then Thomas was laughing. He goes, oh, fuck. Um, but we caught that day, and like I said, I was like, I was scared. And I was like, I was just counting my blessings over here. And I was like, when we get the 40 deer, I'm out this bitch. I don't care what time of day it is, and I'm out of this motherfucker. We got the 40 deer. I said, all right, I'm out. <laughs> and then I got on the ground crew, and uh, and he started catching. But I got way off subject. Well, what I meant to say is so many catch crews are so different. And when I started catching for them, it was a different gun. And they, I was. A new gun to learn when you're not shooting a fucking one. Which is, yeah. Which, old, we should old school. Yeah, and it's, okay. and it's, it's, it's a, there's a lot of different weight distribution on it. And um, I started catching for them, and like flying for different pilots is different. But in Mexico, when I was catching over there, we we would just tie the deer in the net and never had to deal with them. And that's an art in itself, getting the deer out of the net. I went and caught with them the first time, or it might have been the second time. I was gun for them first, and then I was on the ground. I worked the ground crew catching them. But the first time I was on the ground crew for them, I was getting my ass whipped. So and I've been catching deer my whole life. I was getting my ass whipped so bad trying to get these deer out of the net. Cause like you have to know what you're looking for when you're looking at the net, being like, oh, there's the opening. I need to take that weight off so it'll slide out easier here. And the whole time, this deer is pissed. A lot of oh, yeah, yeah. don't take it out of the net. They send it back like to the ranch, to the pins or whatever, just in the net. In the net. Like, we make our guys take it out. Yeah. Um, and his dad, his dad is a phenomenal pilot, but flies like aggressively dude and i'll never forget the first time we were at um sean kennedy's ranch mm-hmm. and shout yeah shout out to sean he's another guy who went to flight school with us too or went to flight school with me mm-hmm. for a little bit but um they own k and k oil field services or something mm-hmm. like that Keyboard. uh nice um but his dad we were about to get on a deer and he was like all right you ready and I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. And like, I'm thinking he's just gonna kind of ease into it. We're gonna get down on the deer and catch it, dude. Joe just freaking bombs this freaking thing, bounces my head off the side of the helicopter. I'm like, God damn! He goes, I thought you were ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different world of catching. Oh, dude, animal. Shout out to Joe too. But uh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, like the first time I got it, like 13, 14. Wild man. Catch a red sheep. And your light too, he's trying to eat Yeah. And we actually went, I just rode with him. He brought a box of nets and this, and we were supposed to just take a bunch of uh, uh, red sheep and push them in a pin. So we can bring in that gun just in case we think it needs to get a ramp or something. Like that. So he's putting them in this pin, and the way it was set up was uh, the pins had black plastic all over them. So right before they get to the pin, the rotor wash hits the gate, and they didn't tie it, and the plastic caught, and it closed it in the bottom of mm. So then that turned into the day of me and dad only. Catching red sheep. I was 14. I think I had tied a few deer at this point. I had been on plenty of captures, but I was net bitch. You yeah. Know, I packed net. Yeah. Was a kid. And uh, yeah, I started netting them and tying them. And I'll never forget, Dad was like, all right, we're like, there's like four big rams running down this hill. We're like, in the springs. And he's like, just get the one. And I netted three of them. And me and him had to tie all those big rams together. In one, in one net? Yeah. Oh, one I remember net. you telling me about that. That's yeah. crazy. And that, the sheep, the sheep, and the exotics, man, and like, like, white tails are some badass animals, dude. But you start catching some of that African shit, and you were like, "This is a whole different." Yeah. Like, these motherfuckers are fighting lions and tigers over there, and it's in their white DNA. Joe's are never gonna get beaten. Uh, some of the you know, zebras he was by. Uh, yeah. Wolves, centaurs, they want to eat. Yeah, they want to eat. Zebras yeah. the meanest thing you can catch, hands down. 
I think. Really? Oh, they mean it. I've heard things about zebras being mean, but like I've never, I've never interacted with them like pretty close. Like I've taken some photos and stuff of them, but never met them fighting off a lion or a crocodile. They're so exactly. videos so of it, right? And then fighting me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're I'm trying losing, to say yeah. we bite, don't net them. Yeah, we when, when they bite, they they bite till their teeth cut. So like I've heard people like there was a guy at a sale in Texas, I think. He got his he got his cat it the it bit the dude's top of his head, ripped his ripped his like like basically. Uh, what do you call it? Scalped him. Scalped him and then stomped him to death at a sale. I don't know. They're crazy. Yeah. Like, I, like we, we were catching, we caught 27 of them one night south of Hallensville, and I was in high school. Nothing went for as bad as the fucking mosquitoes that night. But <laughs> we were catching, and there was one zebra, the last zebra we had to catch, and we could not get her caught. Dude, she was running. We had several guys on folders, and then we were out there on a rhino, too. You'd be on the folder here. And the zebra would run straight at the foiler and hit it and just flip the foiler, the guy over it, rip the fenders off. Was she already running? No, no, no. We were working up to a trap. Uh-oh. And it was at night. And dude, she did so mean. Her head ended up in my lap in a rhino. And I thought for sure I was about to get my junk bit <laughs> off. Dude, it was bad. Did you ever get to experience guardian zebras on Sakasha? Yes. Yeah. Way back in the day. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Like a back in the day drug that we used to dart. A lot of animals with it's called scotchman but what it does is it just paralyzes them and they're fully awake they, they're fully awake and they just can't get up like they have their head yeah so their head's mobile but their, their legs and everything else aren't and uh that was a crazy drug because like at any time if you weren't on your shit with the drugs they just get up <laughs> and you're standing there with them, like holding their ear right? and you're gonna walk them on the trailer or tie them or whatever you're gonna do however you're catching them that day and all of a sudden they're just standing there looking at you you're like, like oh, oh, oh here yeah. we go oh, wakey, wakey. Yeah. dude i i have a picture I'm, I'm in the I'm, I'm in i'm like probably 16 years old and i'm in the i'm in a i'm in a john deere tractor i'm in the bucket of the tractor and i'm in it with a big ass red deer and Picture's taken, and I shit you not, within like 30 seconds of that picture being taken, this motherfucker just stands up in the bucket of the tractor with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Put me down. But we were close to the tr- close enough to the trailer, and this is how, like, they're, they're still kind of drugged, but yep. walked him, they brought the bucket down, had him by the horn, somebody else grabbed him on the other side, and we just rocked him in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was it. But, like, you just didn't know when that shit was going to happen. And, Talking like, about having a GoPro all the time, right? On, you yeah. wish you did. Yeah, elk and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Same thing. I was riding on the back of a little flatbed trailer behind a, a ranger, uh-huh. holding an elk's head up. And he was already he'd been doing good on Scotia. And all of a sudden, you know, we're doing 30 through the pasture. I'm riding. I'm just standing up holding his horns. And he just stands up. And I'm, like, still holding him to keep myself on the trailer. And he's looking at me. And I'm like, stop. And Rangers Blair, and he finally the guy looks back and sees, and he like slows down and stops, and the elk just steps off the trailer and walks off. Like, you dude. can have it, but like, <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with that. And the, elks, the, the elk are so strong, dude. There's no holding on to them. Like if they're, they're there's like no. you have to have like four guys holding hold them. Yeah. Like, like, and they're so strong, dude. Like we were catching one time, and um, same thing. You know, family was out there. They wanted to get involved. They were helping us catch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's usually a mess when they try to get yeah. involved. And yeah. They just want to sit back For, and watch. Yeah. And they had the, the kids out there, and we, we caught this massive freaking elk, dude, and had him there, and everybody was holding him. And Chris was like, if he starts if he starts to move a little bit, don't freak out. Just hold on to him. But if he gets up, you know, if he's like, if he gets up, just let go of him. Dude, this elk nudges, just barely nudges, and I 
everybody lets go, and I'm the only one holding on to the thing. And when everybody, when everybody <laughs> lets go, <laughs> <laughs> it just barely jumped a little nudge, like, oh, oh, that's And when Sorry. everybody left, the elk freaked out. And I'm sitting there, and you know how they have the, the down horns right here? Yep. He just went, and just straight into my collarbone, dude. And it hurts so fucking bad. Like, it's dangerous. That we still caught lots of animals on Sakasha. And, and it was just one of the things of Sakasha. You had well, a battle on here and there. There's, the drugs now are so much better. We then Bam came out. Like, yeah, we knocked yeah. stuff down now. I mean, it's, there's lights out there. This is true. Yeah, like, like Bam, when Bam came around, like that, but nobody knew how to use it at first. So it was now just like a very kid's burning in there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. We caught, I think it's the biggest thing I've ever had to deal with was a sandbar deer. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool animals, but that one we darted, speaking of like not getting. You know the drugs that it needed. I guess I don't know if it when it got shot, it, it didn't. Uh, the needle didn't go all the way in, and there was still some left in it. Mm-hmm. So like he kind of woke up, like he said, right as we're yeah. getting to the trailer, and it was just lucky enough that we, when he got up, that was like the only place for him to go was mm-hmm. into the trailer. But Works yeah. out sometime that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. and you're just, just like, thank you, Lord. We're gonna keep on yeah. moving. And I've yeah. done some. I know for a fact Justin has done the same shit because I've done some dumb shit with him, but. Catch it because sometimes you just gotta get the job done. We we darted uh, we darted a zebra one time. This was really dumb, and it wasn't all the way out. And the reason we removed the zebra is because its mom had died. It was a younger zebra. Its mother had died, and the rest of the pack of the zebra were just rejected it. Yeah. And we're just beating this thing to shit. So the guy was like, "Man, I gotta get this thing moved to another ranch." So we go and dart it, and it didn't go down all the way, and it was just kind of wobbling. Just man, I don't I don't remember what their excuse was. It might have been just me, like, "Hey." It, you got a rope in the truck? Yeah, we can get it done. Yeah, and I'm, he, I'm feeling frisky. Yeah, I'm feeling a little, <laughs> yeah, a little, that's rope a little frisky here over here. He's like, I got a tow rope back there, so I just I, 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 I tie a tie um, a what is it, bowling knot in it? Whatever, the, whatever it is, I can't remember. But the same thing you got on a rope, rope and rope. Yeah. And I rodeoed in high school on a rope, and um, I grabbed this tow rope and I make a rope out of it. I rope the zebra and Chris is on the other end of it and the zebra's just running around and I go and I just and I go and I just leg the zebra straight in the back. And my all the soft part of me right here is just right next to its face. And if it wouldn't have been a little little drunk, dude, would have ate my lunch literally out of my stomach. Yeah. There's dude. so we many. could sit here for days and talk darting medicine stories to get yeah. beat up. Just, yeah, it's just that's crazy. I've been you know, a lot of the times when you like dart horned animals getting fucked and darting they're down. When they're tying them, somebody just kind of grabs the head, sticks their face kind of in the crotch. You know, yeah, horns, holds all the You can't get tore up that way. Well, a Gimsbug bull can pick up Ethan, because I've been sitting with him while he stood up, and I'm like <laughs> just riding his face, and then he just slams my back on the rocks and just drags me across the ground. Whose face are you riding? Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Oh, shit. Yeah. So earlier we were kind of talking about like some of like the deer that y'all see so in, in these pins and stuff and like we we're talking about the whole high fence deal and everything so mm-hmm. what's i mean i'm sure you're, you're flying around you're looking for these deer but like i'm in, sure you get like to a point where like oh have you seen big deer but like what was like one of the first times you saw like a really big deer out in the brush when you were flying or something or y'all y'all caught it at this point i've seen so many big deer there's there's only a few that stand out to me and now i'm looking for something yeah. Or something, or something really typical and really big, like yeah. like a like a typical like a mainframe that doesn't have a bunch of crazy shit on it. And, Those still get me off. And a ranch that's never brought in deer. 
we do we still do we have about half our ranches that are strictly native they put up a high fence i never brought anything in yeah and then they just managed the deer on that place so those places are cooler than the places that brought in a 400 inch deer and put them on those right yeah so those places when you see something cool uh we caught a, uh, one the other day or a couple years ago now i guess it was uh 30 inches wide scored 240 and he was native deer and he was very typical he had some trash mm -hmm. very typical and then another one that stands out we saw i saw an eight point that probably went 165 double dot nine and that was that was outside the 165. he was a 165 eight yeah and he had and he was perfect symmetrical just big Bulging neck, dark horn, South Texas deer. That's what it gets. Yeah, oh yeah, straight up. And there's that's what gets me. There and there's there's other stuff that like I I have some pictures on my phone of some two year olds like like shit mm -hmm. that that shit you're just like no way like mm -hmm. even like even now like I've been I've, I'm not gonna say his name because he's kind of about about his stuff but one guy in particular like has like three hundred inch two year olds on his place and is in. Same, like is it rotting stuff? Oh yeah, it's got yeah. crazy genetics. No, it's not. Uh, really. But but what he's saying, like going on a going on a ranch that's been doing it for twenty years with the high fence, and they're just they're culling every year, which is which means you know what culling is. But I'll explain it to the listeners. It's like you know the, the breeding program, they take the best bucks and they put them with their does, and they breed them, and then they'll also cull. And culling is basically shooting the the older deer or the deer with inferior genetics basically yep. and then harvesting them well horn genetic and then that and then after doing that for year after year after year the deer just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and that those ranches are really cool to see that yeah um, and it, it, it's, it's crazy like even and i learned this from them i didn't even know this until i started gunning with them when you're catching big deer you have to be careful you have, there's there's so many nuances about catching like if you're catching a big deer like i said i learned this from them you can't just you can't, you can't just net that buck while it's running straight like this, because what happens is, is they the go nose first, pulls his head down, and then his his horns hit the ground, then you break their neck, and you just killed a twenty thousand dollar deer or whatever it is. Yeah. It, it was it's in my opinion a lot of these ranches. I think we work for one out of like fifty license ranches that sell hunts. Ninety percent of them are personal ranches. Personal yeah. ranches. So you got this yep. family out here. They've grown this deer over five or six years. They finally got a deer they want to put in the pen. So you're catching this deer that's it's, it's not worth any of those prices. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to be careful with it, and it does happen. Capture has mortality; it's very yeah. low, especially yeah, in white It really is. Uh, but yeah, so we typically try to turn the whitetail yeah. bucks and and does too. You know, try to net those, pull them out, right? And uh, you turn them, and when they when you cut in front of them, they damn near stop. Then you shoot them out. Yeah. Just kind of they just kind of fall yeah. yeah and then like and also like if you catch them in a turn like that instead of instead of instead of going like this they'll just kind of they'll just soft with our roll over to the mm -hmm. side or do it right before they, they go into the brush and then the brush catches the catch net them. and it slows everything down they so, just kind of pile but it's so and then like low. another thing like and after you net you start doing it more and more and more you're like oh if i if i hold the gun this way i can flatten the net out it'll shoot further and flatter mm -hmm. and faster yeah. or or if i flatten the net out i can shoot it as that deer's going under a tree and sneaking mm -hmm. under that tree, sure, or what I learned from them too is shoot like around the bubble. you shoot around the bubble from the bubble, the helicopter, or if you're in tall grass, say with the deer, um, what happens is it's like the deer will be here and the grass will be here. So when you net, the net will just sit on the top of the grass like that, and the deer will run under, out from under it, 
So what you do is you turn the barrel because there's four barrels, and you put one of those one of those barrels where the, the where the weight's gonna come, and it drives the net in front of their nose. Yeah. And that that net, and then it catches them like that. It's so many little nuances like that. Dude, it's almost like you. I know you mentioned earlier that you used to rope. Yeah. So kind of like kind of like roping Dude. calves and doing that mm-hmm. kind of deal and being able to put it where you want it. So yeah. but you're just doing it with a net gun yeah. instead of a rope. It's kind it's of right. and being able to like say pull your slack and do different things and set that calf Dude, up I like you want it. Always wanted to show up to a radio and just jump on some really gentle horse <laughs> and get in the like yeah. team roping or something. Just run out there. Just like i tell people all the time like catching deer is as western and as rodeo and it's just wild as you can get man like i we you know we we give you we give people a hard time about the pay about it all the time they're like like joe like joe will be like you're literally getting paid to fuck up my boilers <laughs> and haul ass on these beautiful ranches like bad at it because you are go stay the night and oh yeah whiskey, and they feed us yeah at ranches that you might do that you might might get to go off once in your life unless like yeah like, we go on 40 and, in a row yeah and you're mm-hmm. yeah and it's just like it's pretty it's it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome man and like getting like when you're hauling ass on the spoilers with the boys and you're talking to them on you're talking shit over the radio and like you're screaming at each other and it's just like it is it's camaraderie all those, man all those little tricks you know you see someone like you drive by them and they uh, they're tying a deer in the brush and their boiler sitting there in the road and you sneak by and you put it in reverse and drive off and they jump you know <laughs> what do you do you jump on a front leg with one leg and you hit the gas yes, and it goes back and it slips you over the front oh that's, that's have, a rude one you'll pull up sometimes you'll pull up on somebody and their boilers in a minute oh shoot oh shit <laughs>
And the max you're going to make as a helicopter pilot, the max as an actual pilot without owning your own business, which is a whole thing in itself, yeah. you're going to make 150 grand, maybe. Two, 200 grand? If, if you, you know, high time pilots late in life that get lucky and pick up, maybe they do fire seasons and a couple spray seasons a year, but you're talking about work, travel, everything, maybe two. Maybe two. And it's just like, we had a, I, we, we both lost a few friends that are flown in. Like I tell people like we fly, like there's a, there's a fuck around and find out chart for helicopters. Mm-hmm. And we are in the fuck around and find out all the time. That's where we fly. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's the, the red zone on a chart. It's you're, you're, you're low, you're heavy, you're fast. Most of the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And you ball it's them everywhere. Up you can't shoot them on a rotation. Yep. And safely bring it down. Yeah. That's where we work. Exactly. We call it the we and like me and him fly rice here and rice is so much fun too you get 20 something of us out there with, with little r22s the little two-seaters it's and a time builder it's a time builder but it's fun it's like you get out there with a bunch of those guys and like you're having fun and fly three hours a day and drink the rest of it yeah <laughs> yeah. I, yeah and it's it's and i've had mags go out on me and all kinds of stuff like that me and so me and justin were flying, flying back to the uh trailer one day and he comes, we're, we're bullshitting over the radio, and he comes, and all of a sudden he goes, with my, I'm like 60 hours. Oh, yeah, we do. We were I'm low. Like we were a low hour. I got my commercial the day before I went to that job, and then this is like a week later. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, we're fresh out of school, so we know all the, the, the shit we're supposed to know back then. And he comes to the radio, he goes, do you feel that heat inversion? Is that no, I, was like, I was like, are you feeling thermals? That's what he said. You feel thermals, especially in 22. It's just like a buzzer around it. Like you feel it. And like, are you hitting thermals? Yeah. And he's like, you hit thermals and like, and yeah, we weren't far apart from each other. And I was like, nah, you know, finally goes, uh, I don't remember what he said. He's like, I'm going to put it down this, in this pasture over here. That ended up being, uh, it was fuel or something. It was your car. It was your car. It had dirty food. It had bad fuel. You know, remember, uh, a couple people got fuel out of that tank and, it's buttered a couple times. Yeah. And then we put yeah, it the dude, that's a new bag, pilot. It, it makes it smell. Oh, make you uh, want to check it. I'm in a hole in that seat. Oh, dude. Talk about eating. Like, like, I'll be randomly flying still. Still. And think about, like, man, if the belt's got caught up right now, you're just, like, like you can auto-rotate in any situation. Like, and, and, like, if you have enough air and everything like that. But there's one situation in a helicopter I'm probably about to scare these shit out of people with. There's a bunch of situations, but this is probably one of the more common ones. One of the more common ones. It's, it's not common. It's not common, but it happens. It has happened. Is the belts fail. can fail, and yeah. then they can get caught up to where it doesn't allow the the rotor system to spin freely like it's supposed to in a in an engine out situation, and they just halt and just fall out. Basically, it's they they still can free spin, but most of the time, what happens is the the belts get wrapped up in the guys. Yeah, right. Wrapped and up. then it full halt. The blades go. Yeah. It happens to somebody we know, but they were low and they just they were low. Yeah. Uh, helicopters are scary. But anyway, that's why you know I don't fly full time anymore. I want to make enough money in business and do whatever other ventures I'm doing to buy my own and kind of fly a little more leisurely, fun, like go camp and like yeah. like A to B type shit. We're gonna like, start doing. I, you know, we I was I told my dad this, and then he said it too lately. We have all these helicopters. We got four forty fours right now, a twenty two. I'm like, why don't you just work? In these things, like we never use them for profit. Yeah. Really, truly, ne- never, never. No. And and sometimes it's just because I don't want. 
yeah. working in it, and I'm like, I don't want to play. It's like a car there. after a while. Yeah, but I, I'm going to do some, like, camping out in the mountain with it. Let's yeah. go fishing or whatever. Like, just take it. When we have it, might as well. We yeah. Live one time, cut the check, right? Yep. It's not like, and they're all mechanics, too, might I say. So they're doing all their, all their, all their mechanic work, and, like, and they're saving a lot of money. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's. <laughs> It's an expense too. I mean, to just like if you had a car, if you take your car to the shop, you got to pay money. But if you can know how to do it yourself, you can save money on that expense. Yeah, let's talk about how much it costs to run a forty-four and a twenty-two an hour. Like what it costs insurance. Like what it what it costs you to run. Let, okay, let's let, let's start with if say you want to you want to buy a helicopter. Say you, I want to buy an R forty-four. Let's what's the, what's the I guess the used machine like one and a half or something. Like that. <laughs> uh, no, we, we have a nice one for sale right now. It's got a lot of time left on it. Uh, and this is like probably a mid range, maybe a little bit up. 44, it's like 415,000. Uh, if you get a base model off a lot, when I say base model, that just means it doesn't have all the fancy GPS and stuff. Yeah. Uh, like straight out of factory, they're like, they're over five. Yeah. Over half a million for 44. But you can get started with a low time one for two, yeah. 250. And I know when I was flying a lot, like just to operate a 44 for fuel and what you're gonna pay for maintenance, and I don't know if this even counts insurance. I think it was like a cost, just base cost for that helicopter being there running, not do it. I mean, just just flying around 325 bucks an hour. Is that correct? It's a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and at R22, 125 bucks, 150 bucks an hour, whatever it was. Yeah, it's came up a little, and but prices have reflected. We've all gone up. All the helicopter companies have gone up hourly. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not cheap. And yeah. that's that's if everything's going to screw, you know. You have some major breakdown. Breakdown, yeah. You, you fucks it up yourself. That's why Way I, was, I was considering buying a little R22 for like 85, 90 grand, like a, just something that doesn't have a whole lot of time on it and just running it for rice this season. And I was talking to my they were like, you don't know, you don't know how many days you're going to get for rice, especially it being your first year if you go buy one. Then you just bought a helicopter you gotta get insurance for the helicopter and then what if it breaks and then you don't get any days and you're just you're just i'm like i don't i don't want to time my money you have to go through it and that's anywhere from four or five thousand to if you find something wrong 10 15 30 40 thousand generally four or ten thousand on 44 for you know 100 hour and then you got oil and then you change the mags every 300 hours five or 500 yeah. hours and it's that's and, three four thousand and it adds up. And if you're not a licensed mechanic like his dad is, like when something goes wrong or or, or it's time for you know an old or not an old change for like a like a like a hundred hour, you have to take the helicopter in and it might take a uh, they might be backed up, might take a couple days or depending on what you have, it might take weeks, months to get your helicopter back. Dude, I've seen his dad. I've seen his dad like like she'll be like, Oh yeah, I gotta fix this and then like he'll do a job on a helicopter that should like if you were to take somewhere it would take weeks weeks oh his dad dude his dad is like a freaking whiz man like he like i wish i would yeah i wish we could get joe on one of these that'd be fun that would be fun um but like but most people who own a helicopter company don't have that um i'll say the most successful operations that i've seen this is nationwide uh big operations the owners yeah that's right yeah because what's the word I'm looking for? You have that luxury. You have the luxury of a, I'm not saying it's a luxury because they work their asses off. Yep. They work their asses off. 
Um, but it's a luxury to be able to do that. And like you're saving money. Uh, that time is money because there's more jobs you can do. That's like when that helicopter drops, you're making money. Um, I'm glad we're, we're talking about the business side of the way. Yeah, that'd be fun. I was trying to do one in a helicopter. Just go fly around. Just we're go fly around. We're just fly for yeah. an hour and do a podcast. We'll do a podcast in there. Yeah. I wonder if anyone's ever done that. Uh, I think so. I think, yeah, I think so. I'm sure. Every yeah. kid in California has a little plane. I'm sure yeah, somebody's done it for sure. But yeah, and, and that's here. weird too. Like, coming from where we're from, of course, we see helicopters and planes and stuff, but like, in other places, like it's it's very common for people to have like helicopter and plane like uh, like neighborhoods and stuff where they have hangars mm-hmm. and things. Mm-hmm. And like I've seen it on YouTube, right there in the, uh, and right outside of the city. Yeah, right outside of the city. It's just like it's a runway, like with houses. houses and hangars, and they all got these little planes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I can get down with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you guys are wanting to know what it costs to become a helicopter pilot, I'm sure it's changed a little bit, but I don't think it's changed that terribly much when we were going to flight school in 2016 um, a private license cost you 13 to 15,000 for, for for a helicopter yeah I think it was 15 I think it was 15,000 for your private um, and if you want to get a fixed wing which is airplanes it'd be um, much cheaper than that but there ain't shit you can do with a private license you can't make money with it you can, you can only fly that helicopter for leisurely things unless you got lots of money it's not really worth it. It ain't really worth it. You know what I mean? Like, like, like and then you're not going to fly enough to go. You're not going to fly enough to stay current. And then you just kind of, it's just like a, it's just paying the ass. And so, so if you don't want to go to college and you're thinking about flying helicopters, it's going to cost you 65 to probably 75, 80 grand, wherever you're at. It cost me 65,000 to get mine done. My grandpa took a loan out against his cattle for me and helped me get to flight school. And I, just, I was paying back slightly over time. Sadly, he, he passed away. And, um, I didn't end up paying the rest of the loan back, but because um, it got paid off when he passed away. But anyway, yeah. um, rest his soul. God rest his soul. Good man. Um, anyway, yeah, that's what it costs, like sixty-five grand, and then it costs about, I mean, about as much as a four-year degree at a college. Yeah. Um, except you're you're getting a trade or skill with it, and like if you want to do it, like there is no better feeling than flying, dude. Throwing on your fucking A twenties and playing some Bluetooth. Bluetooth and some some uh, Creedence Clearwater or some some or or, or dude, dude, you shouldn't even be allowed to do this. Should be like drinking and driving or some shit like that. You throw your headset set on and you throw some good music on your playing some EDM or some shit like that. Uh, I'm like you just like, rock, dude. Beer and I'm just jamming. I love and then you just get in this flow state and it's, you got your gunner and with the same the headsets. They're listening to the same music and you're just in this flow. And you're all just catching. And that's the thing, dude, when you're catching too, I know we're getting back to catching, but you can be really, really fucking on with your pilot and it is the best day ever. You are having fun. You're hooping and hollering. You're sla- giving each other high fives. I mean, like just fucking dick rock hard. Having fun. <laughs> and bad. then you have a bad, and then you fucking hate each other. Dude. Yep. And there's nothing worse than being in a, in, a, in a helicopter with a pilot that's pissed off catching deer or cattle. It's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun because they're pissed off. And you feel unsafe. <laughs> because they're pissed off. Right listen, listen, I have had trees smack me in my balls, dude. Smack me in my I'm not saying with who, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say who did it, but Yeah, dude. You're but... so scared for no reason. Oh god. <laughs> sorry, man. That's all I got. Sorry. <laughs> That's oh, funny. Shit. Did you catch that one? 
I did catch right. that one. Because because this is another thing. It's like I'm a pilot, dude. I'm watching out for shit, and like I'm flying with like I'd be flying with with a guy that used to fly for them, and then his dad, and they used to get so fucking mad at me, dude, because we'd be rolling up on some shit, and they like they like Joe flies aggressive too, and like. I'd be getting out to net, and I'd look up, there'd be a tree in my face, and I'd just go, boop, get back in the helicopter, and get my ass ate out, dude. Bro, what the fucking dude? I see the fucking tree. Don't fucking worry about the fucking tree. I'm like, <laughs> hey, like if you if you job. if you hear somebody telling you that, it sounds it sounds like it's like I see the tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> dude, and when I tell you it's in your fucking face, like your face. they're so good. His dad is is and those, and those South Texas guys that have been flying from that, they're so good, dude. They, they, it's He's like not the, the only one. No, he's not the yeah, only. There's some great pilots down there. There's a lot of us. What I'm saying, they're just it, it just makes you. If you're still alive and you're his age and you're still flying, you're a bad motherfucker. Yeah. And they do shit with the helicopter that even the man who made those helicopters came down and watched and did it and was like, "That was not made to do that shit." Oh, I'm not gonna lie. Robinson helicopters have some idiots. I think they hate everybody <laughs> in South Texas. That, dude, they have. But you know what? But they're hey, man, they gotta have a proven we, ground we, for some of their stuff, uh, man. We prove them every day. They're so impressive. But like you, you be thinking like I'm going in that tree right there, and then they'll roll or they'll they'll pull up over it and they'll get yeah. over it, and you're like, but like when there's I there's so many people too that are like so anti uh, Robbie Robbins helicopters. Yeah. Oh, that's just this. the the reason that they have such a bad rap is because who's flying Robinsons? Because they're the cheapest helicopter to fly. Well, besides that, who's flying Robinsons? Brand new pilots. Inexperienced low-time pilots, yeah. and they wreck, and that's a Students. lot of it's in training, yeah. And and so they have a, a high wreck rate, and there's a lot more Robinsons than uh, other brands. Yeah. So I mean, for me, if you were to ask me, hey Brandon, what, what's what's a brand of helicopter that's going to be a Robinson? Mm-hmm. The R44 and R22. That's yeah. what you see going up and down the road mm-hmm. in South Texas, all around Texas. I mean, there's that's a, it. There's a lot of people that hate Robinsons. Oh, that's how you die. They're pretty impressive birds, man. Like the 22 is. You, you fly a 44 for a while and you're like, oh, this is so nice. It's like flying a Cadillac. And then you get into 22. Like, or, you're, or you're flying in 22 and you're like, fuck, I wish I was in a 44. But after you fly in a, a 44 for a while and you get in 22, you're like, oh, I'm going to go car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I can win. Dude, it's so much fun, man. <laughs> it is fun. And he, Justin's a much better pilot than I have. He's, he's been, he's, he has way more hours than I have. But like, it's, it's even watching like him get better over the years and like, but like what you can do with that 22 and the places you can go in it and like, the things we do with them, dude, we, as brand new pilots, we got done with a flying rice one season, and this was probably still one of the greatest, just because it was new, just the feeling, like, it was, like, the most freeing feeling I've ever had, like, we got done flying, man, we went, we got done flying, and I was like, we cooked up an idea, we were on, we were in, on the Mississippi-Louisiana borderline, and we knew, we knew we were finishing up, like, two days later, or yeah. whatever, so we went and got a, uh, we went and got like one of those little Coleman stoves. Coleman, Coleman stoves. Yeah. And uh, yeah. bacon and eggs and a nice chest and me. Fishing poles, and, mini, mini fishing poles, uh, barbie poles. Jared, Jared. Mahalik flew out there and landed on a sandbar in, big in island the in the middle of the Mississippi, Mississippi River. River. And we cooked breakfast, dude. Yeah. All with the helicopters there. That it was, was so much fun. So, like, I have a video of him flying over one of those huge barge, like barges in the barge canals and, like, he looks like a fucking speck over it, dude. And like yeah. we're like You're we're right talking shit. Listen, listen, and then and then we found a. This was stupid because we, we didn't know where we were. But we found a we found a like a, a tributary or a creek that came into mm-hmm. the the Mississippi, and all three of us were in that thing flying like this. And I was and I purposely played Creed Clearwater. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's that? 
one on four stuff. Yeah. And Vietnam song. That's yeah. what yeah. I call it. Yeah, the Vietnam song. And I played that one, and like I'm following them, and like we're going. There's alligators all below us, and we're doing this, and like at the time. No, that's so, holy ball. I can't believe I just went like anyway with the song. Then we saw a black bear coming home, and like blew my mind. I didn't even wow. know that. In Louisiana, we're we're driving home. We maybe made it an hour, and there was like a little like wreck or like some road work or something. We were like slowed down in this little. No, just, you scared the fuck out of me. I thought I didn't tie my helicopter down or something. Oh, I called you. No, you didn't. This is what happened. I'm following this motherfucker. I'm follow. I'm following him, and. We're both pulling helicopters. I'm driving, I'm driving. We're in straight Fiat. And dude, he just, all of a sudden he sticks his arm out of the window and does something. He's like, pull over. And then he's calling me at the same time. And I'm like, fucking what, what, what? And I pull over and I answer the phone. And I was like, he was like, and I was like, what, what? He goes, there's a fucking bear. A black bear in Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I didn't even know they were there. Dude, I had yep. no idea. Blew my mind. I had a collar on and shit like that. Yep. He sat on the side of the road. Yeah. He just looked, but I thought I didn't have a helicopter. across the road down. and then just walked off in the bush. So, we were like, you, dude, you see some crazy shit, like, flying, too. Mm. Oh, I'm sure. Because it's, it's a whole different angle than, than being on the ground. And I'll tell you what I see a lot. When I'm flying more towards the border, crazy experience, the amount of backpacks trash and jackets and water bottles that they leave next to like major highways and oh, dude, specifically cool. on the you know a mile up from a border check where they yep. ditch all their crap or i guess inside a border check they ditch all their crap they run and get in the truck and they go dude yeah, it's, there's it's a mountain crazy. backpacks I see. Insane. we hunted this place um a couple years ago a little north of uh, del rio and i mean on this ranch i mean you could you could step across the border like there's mm-hmm. no fence there's nothing there and the amount of trash and stuff that we saw on this ranch was ridiculous. Just, and clothes. Mm-hmm. They just everything and get in the truck. Yep, and leave. I mean, mm-hmm. we pulled into that ranch that time. They were they were picking the border patrol had about seven or eight guys on the side of the road. They were loading them in the van then. And that that is like the first time they could have ever yeah, seen that. I think I'm like, one of the few helicopter pilots in South Texas that hasn't ran across the uh, pretty much everyone I know has came across a very dead yeah. people. Dead people. Like, there's a guy in South Texas. I don't know who he is. I've never been to this ranch, but I heard there's a guy in, in South Texas somewhere that had, like, I don't know, this shit's morbid shit, but he has, like, I heard this guy has, like, human skull stacked in his barn that he's found on his ranch. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've, I've had, I had a friend that were on another catch crew down there, and they're catching, they're catching, and all of a sudden, Border Patrol and helicopters start rolling up and stuff. And there's just a huge influx of, of people of like uh, uh, illegals running across there, and the catch crew stops catching deer and starts catching, helping them catch the illegals. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. wild. Oh my God. Did I tell you about that? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Who's with that? I don't want to say. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to get anybody to get like in trouble or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, or catch a bunch of flack for it. Exactly. But, yeah. But yeah, I mean it's it's down there. A lot of people try to play it off like it's not happening, but it's there. It's, people it's losing money on it every day, running through their fence, running through their gate, losing exotics, losing whitetail, having to fix the fence, having to fix the gate. Yeah, just... and, and high fences are not cheap to no. fix. I mean, a barbed wire, you can, you can get another piece of wire and splice it and you can roll on. But, I know uh, this uh, rancher down there, a name for sure, uh, spikes, just giant rebar spikes welded on every gate on his place. And he has like 40,000 acres. Yeah. That's a lot of gates. Like, a lot of games. It's cattle ranch. But you get you get tired of mm-hmm. your cows getting out, and you get mm-hmm. tired of your deer and stuff getting out, and, and that's what it comes to. And I mean, hopefully it doesn't get any worse than that. Mm-hmm. But it's 
yeah, the way it's, it's looking is it's not too bueno. Mm. No, it's pretty crazy. <clears throat> and you don't know, and you don't like until you go down there and see it. You don't know how how bad it is. And what's crazy is like I understand that most of those people coming over are just coming over here for a better life, but yeah, it's yeah. it's I don't know. They need they need to put a. I'm not gonna get into politics. Mm-hmm. I hate politics. I think they put should put a flat tax on everything, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah, that yeah. one takes a lot of problems. The system needs to be the, the whole system of them coming over needs to be fixed, and it just needs to work that way. For know? sure. And there's a lot of people that can get together and, and make that work. I mean, it's 2024 for sure. We yeah. can do better. But I kind of wanted to get into uh, before we get off here, like y'all's hunting, and like how y'all y'all grew up hunting and what uh, y'all kind of got into. I I, I, you're catching animals and stuff all the time, but actually, you know, hunting for yourself, not in a helicopter. Uh, I love to hunt. I grew up hunting. That's why I always liked the big thing. I was going to hunt with dad. You know, I grew up in the backyard with Red Rider, shooting birds, I'm sure, like y'all. And I love hunting. And now I've got bow hunting. We were talking about that the other day. Yeah. Just infatuated with bow hunting. Oh, God. I think I hunted. You know, I don't get a lot of time off during hunting season. So yep. when December rolls around, we get slow and we take a couple weeks off. I think I hunted, like the three weeks I had off in December, January, I think I hunted like two and a half weeks. Yeah. Almost every day. And loved every day. We were out, the, the rut hit during Christmas, and I was rattling every day. We were, I was bringing friends and rattling in bucks for them that never seen that. Yep. I got my buddy his first buck with his bow. Oh, that's nice. five yards rattling in a buck. He's never shot. Any, I bet he's, he's like he's, he's never shot a buck, and he's never uh, shot anything with his bow. He just got his bow like four or five months ago. Core core memory. Oh, and he uh, it comes in, and he's looking at another one that already come in, and I'm like I'm like trying to whisper to him. He's like a couple yards from me. Yeah. I'm like, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? And he finally sees it, and this buck's already eight ten yards, and it finally it like it turns around and looks at something else, and he draws, and it walks by. And I'm like. And it's just walking with ears down, pissed off. And I kind of tap the arms, and he doesn't stop, doesn't stop. And I'm like, hey, dear. Like, and, and, and he stops and looks, thumps him right in the shoulder, like five yards. Right? <laughs> oh, that's and, awesome. And then I keep rattling because I got my brother on, on my left, uh, and there was other bucks around. Right so around, yeah. bows and didn't really make any noise. And uh, I look back at him, his name's Cody, and uh, he picks his hand up and looks at me, and he's just, Shake. And I'm like, oh, that's so just, oh. just shake it. And I love to hunt, but I love more getting somebody. Oh, out. dude, like I was telling you, when when flying when flying like the pig hunts too, I have more fun flying people than I do if I was actually shooting. But but my hunting experience, like, I grew up in Hallettsville, population two thousand five hundred. There is not shit to do, man. So you find shit to do. Like, um, I was obsessed with fishing and bass fishing and hunting. We, we, we fished in flat bottom and we'd go to the Guadalupe and Colorado and fish like that a bunch too. And I grew up doing a bunch of that in camping with my uncle and fishing with my dad. But I was obsessed with hunting. I mean, I like the same thing. Started out with BB and by the time I was seven, I was hunting by myself for 22. Mm-hmm. I don't know whose dumbass let me do that. <laughs> shoot, dude, I shot, out, I shot out the windows in our house and my BB gun and shit. He's got my ass whipped so many times. And, um, I can't whisper it. I was, I was, I got so, I was in at 12, I got my first bow and I went nuts with that. I mean, I got to the point, like I had shot every squirrel out of all the trees around my house. With my <laughs> Squirrels just won't come back. With, yeah. yeah, yeah. With, with, no, they didn't have a chance. Dude. And then I would, I was skinning them and like my dad would put them in his stew and like, I wasn't eating them at the time. I eat, I'll eat them now, but like, I didn't like to call I got them. a beaker when I was a kid. My grandpa would put, would come back, bring all 
my air was back in the pasture, and he was like, "Mommy's hit my cow." <laughs> <laughs> but back to like the catching deer, it was like I was so mad at hunting and fishing. There's not a lot to do at home. Like you're either drinking or you're going out somebody's deer lease and you're shooting shit, you're spotlighting, yeah. like, constant, like setting, setting. Uh, we, I don't know if y'all know what a yopon tree is, but a yopon is like a native tree to Texas where I'm from. And it makes, it makes, but it makes for a great, uh, like makeshift pole for, for, for bank fishing. You just shove them in the bank. They have a, they have, they're really, they have a good, good bend to them. And, uh, there's great fishing and we do that and set them on the, in the creeks and stuff. But like, I was to the point, like I was hunting before school in the morning and if I killed something in the morning, I just didn't go to my first year period. Yeah. And or yeah, I tell him, hey, hey, I bullshitted so much through my senior, my, my junior and senior high school were a joke. I had a great childhood, great school experience, all that stuff. But then I started catching deer when I was like 20, when I started flying, I started catching a lot of deer. And dude, it just, Justin touched on it a little bit while ago, especially whitetail hunting, dude, it just wiped out my one to hunt. After yeah. like, well, you get, you catch so many deer for a while and then you're just like, you get so burnt out on it, and you're doing it during deer season too. And like, you get done catching for five days, and you got like a yeah. Sunday off, and you're like, oh, it's deer season. You're like, I don't want to go look at more deer. Dude, and three, almost three years ago, it'll be three years ago, probably in two months. Um, there was, uh, God, what's the bow shoot or the bow uh, target contest in um, Total Archer Challenge? The, the, I had I had my my buddies from home. They were like, hey, and I still had my old bow at the time. And they were like, hey, do you want to go tack with us? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, well, you gotta let us know because like we're gonna like when as soon as it drops, we have to like yep. sign up. And I was like, all right, I'm in. So we did it. I kind of forgot about it. And they were like, you need to shoot your bow. And like I didn't shoot my bow at all before I went there, dude. <laughs> at, at all. But dude, I showed up and and then like my sight was broken on my bow. One of my buddies had a spare sight. We slapped it on there and I sighted it in right there. Their little first thing right there, yeah. dude. And we shot all day long. And I shot good too. Like for what it was, I did, like dude, I, it was a scroll. It was a scroll too. Yeah. And I, I didn't have the right side tape on there or anything. I had so much fucking fun, dude. Now and then it was like, and I hadn't felt that like that that fire yeah. in me like uh, to hunt like that. Because bow hunting, we're like like once you rifle hunting is great, you know, great and all whatever. Like it's so easy though. Like and it's just like until you get a bow and you take something with the bow, it doesn't matter if you kill a doe, a squirrel, it doesn't matter. Like it is such an adrenaline rush because you have to work so much harder for a bow. Dude, but we went to tack and it lit that fire under my ass. And it was just like, since then, dude, I've been like, oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, I've, I got to a point I was shooting every morning while drinking my coffee in my front yard, yeah. right in my backyard. And like, I live in Austin now. I've got a big enough backyard. If I go stand at my neighbor's porch across the road, I got 60 yards. Yep, yep, <laughs> I got to yep. make sure people aren't coming by on bicycles, dude. Yeah. I did the same thing we were living in college station because, dude, I saw, I mean, I follow Cam Hayes on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, he's a badass. But, like, one, he, he posted something one day where he was doing that same thing, like drinking coffee. And he was sitting there drinking coffee and then shooting out of his back out of yeah. his back door. And I'm like, dude, I, and especially when we were going to tack and when I went on that hunt in Idaho, I was waking up every morning for work. And I'm like, I'm just going to go. It started out as, like, I want to shoot one arrow. Just like you're hunting, just pull out one arrow, go shoot, and see where you hit, and then it'll be okay. I'm gonna hit five, and then it was like I'm shooting ten, and it's like, oh, okay, I'm late for work now. Let me go get <laughs> this stuff up. I gotta go. <laughs> go and do that. It's it was hard. just shooting every day. It's hard to like because you it is, and you're like it's such, it's so therapeutic because you're not thinking about shit else. You can't. It's like for the gym for me, man. It's like it, or camping. It's like when you're when you're when you're shooting your bow, 
You were not really give a shit about nothing, man. Nope. Both same thing with flying. We're just too. general flying. When you're working in the like, when you're, yeah, you know, just like a good flight, you know, it's just like your mind's clear. Yeah, you know, you're focused on what you're doing. Everybody like, needs something like that, man. Everybody sure. needs that. Like I've been like to like I got into bushcraft the last the last year or so, man. And, like I've been really enjoying that shit. And, like I didn't realize bushcraft is the the art of survival of like yeah. bushcraft. Um, and yeah, I got into that, and then like. Uh, but like you don't think about shit, you're out in the fucking woods, and like I'm trying to encourage people to get outside, even if you don't know dick about it. Get on YouTube; you can learn anything on YouTube. YouTube University. Go to go to go to a local. If you want to get into bow hunting, go to a local. Even hell, Cabela's, or go to a, go to a local. Like go to a, um, Austin Archery Country, or yeah, go to something like that where somebody can set you up, where you're not gonna go in there and just like waste your money and like find mm-hmm. shit you don't know about. Like yeah, you spend a grand, and then three months later, it's just sitting in your closet. Yeah, does. exactly. And or, or start out with. We gotta have someone start you out so you can be yeah. semi proficient with it. Yeah. Or you're mm-hmm. gonna get crushed. I bought a recurve boat this past year. Dude. Oh lord, oh, oh, trap boat, baby, trap boat. Hey, oh, man. I love. Shit. I got deep into that, man. Oh man, I'm not there yet. Hey, it is. <laughs> so much fun. I haven't. I, I haven't killed kill anything. I've only killed squirrels. I've only killed squirrels with it. But I'm gonna go shoot. At, I'm gonna shoot an axis this month. The end of this month, the beginning of February, out in Rock Springs. I wish I could invite people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, you get that all the time, too. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, when am I going to get my invite? Like, dude, I barely got it. I got, it. I got invited. I'm like, yeah. how do you think I'm going to bring you along, too? I get invite the invite. Yeah. But that would be pretty cool, man. Take something with a, a Dude, it's curve. so much. It's it's so much fun. I mean, 25 yards max. I wouldn't even try to shoot anything farther than 25 yards. Yeah. And it's crazy because you're shooting like with a 40, 55 pound max usually. Yep. Draw. It's so much harder to pull. Dude, the and first time I pulled it, the I'm first time I pulled it, I'm pulling an 80 compound and you pull a 40 recurve. And there's no let off. So, like, the first time I picked one up, my, my cousin had one, um, I had a 45 pound draw, and I was like, 45 pounds. Yeah, I can like, pull that. Like, what are you going to do with that? And he goes, pull it back then. Yeah. I pull it back and, he, and he's, like, he's like, get ready. He's like, I pull it back. And I get here, and I'm just like, and he goes, what are you shaking so much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like, but you, it's just you're working different muscles and mm-hmm. shit like that, too. But it's it's fun. And now, like, I'll shoot my recurve one day, and the next day I'll shoot my. But, dude, you talk about an expensive hobby. Like, and there's it's oh. like a rabbit hole. <laughs> you, you're like, oh, I need that. Just like, all the, all the counterweights and everything that we buy, and, like, the, the packs. And, like, think about this. All the money you spend. Five ten thousand dollars rifle. But some of these guys spend a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah, think about a couple generations ago when there was somebody sitting next to a tree in a plaid shirt with a thirty thirty. Yep. And blue jeans on. I dust it. I mean, yeah. Same, but like, elk, yeah. They're like dusting an elk, dusting the white down here, milligram, whatever. Yeah. All this camo shit wasn't a thing. Yeah. Like, all this extra gear and this and that to be proficient in hunting. And I'm like, I mean, I do too. But yeah. I, I, I will be the first one to admit, like, I, I like the gear stuff. Oh, I know I don't like need it. it. I want it to be easy. better than buying drugs. It's better yeah. than drugs. Right? It's yeah. pretty much a drug. <laughs> it is, it yeah. is a drug. It's, it's, okay. it's, it's, a it's worse. I think it's worse than a drug because it's legal. Like, we yeah. ain't got to go to a dark alley to get it. It's just one click away right here on my phone. That crypto kind of cut light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my credit card's already on here. Yeah. It makes it easy to just hit and go. Exactly. What do you mean I'm going to go? What do you mean death? Yeah. But yeah, like, hunting's a passion. 
it's I mean really but I'm so happy that it was like reignited because it was like a couple of years there like I was still hunting every year because I like and I'm and I'm, you know, I'm going way off the deep end with my with my health and like I've gotten super weird about the products that I use in my house yeah I grow a lot of my own food in my garden in my backyard um, and I've just gotten like I my goal for like 2025 2024 is to start that goal but to like to eat as much of my own processed food as possible yeah and I do I plan on doing a lot of a lot of hunting in the next year and like by 2025 i want to eat, eat, eat primarily the only the meat that i either harvest myself or that is grass-fed that comes from i have a buddy uh, that has a uh, beef company called thomas uh, cattle co and they it's farm to table yeah yeah and it's beautiful it's like, really... yeah 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 you know Dude, i've been like uh, like thinking about that and like trying to we got some friends that do the same thing farm to table with their yep. beef and everything it's like dude we can cut out all this other stuff and just, you know, help the rancher that's right there. And then like help the ranchers down the road yep. in your community and get beef from them. And you know where it's coming from. You know where it's coming from. And, and it's, it's a whole lot, I mean, it's, and for the most part, you can get it and fill your whole freezer. Like you can go in with a family member say you got your, your aunts and your uncle, yeah. like, hey, I can't, I can't fit a whole cow, yeah. but we can split this cow and do this Dude, way. And that's do that. how they used to do it the old days. Like oh, before yeah. there was freezers. Together and yeah. Yep. Yeah. Before before there was freezers and stuff like that, I was like, okay, this month or this week, Four, we're we're, we're butchering one of your cows, and then we're then we're sharing it, and then the next week it was that person, mm-hmm. and that's and that's how you did it. But 100%. I mean, like, we, we need to come back to that. We need to come back to that, yeah, man. Time. And like, I'm telling you, I'm like, my goal is to to is because I will. We have land in Hallettsville, and I can build a place there whenever I want to. Like, I love Austin for the networking aspect. I'm like, you network and you network, man. And I, I, I love people so much, and I love doing what we're doing right now. And that's just to be doing this right now. Like, yeah. this is like the first one, but I'm already having a blast talking to y'all. But like, I want a place. I want like five or ten acres in South Austin somewhere. I'm gonna have my own bees. We have my own. When I grew up, we had bees. We had chickens, we had cattle, we had pigs, and we had a huge yard. Yeah. My dad's got a green thumb, and he taught me, and I've got back into doing that in the last couple of years. I'm like, I want to get so far into just making my own shit, canning and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. and when shit hits the fan, you're good, dude. Yeah. You're good, and like, you know how to do all that shit. And like, but all those old ways of preserving and doing things like that. that that were so lost, healthy for us. People, well. dude, people are forgetting all that shit. Yep. Like, you mm-hmm. want with these books to go find that shit. The internet goes out. Dude, that's a big possibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Preserve exactly. Things. And exactly. I and having a place like that in Austin to be like or South Austin like that for me to do that. And I have turned my my house that I live in South Austin into the most country version. Like when my neighbors <laughs> come over, they're like, oh, yeah. you walk in my garage and like. You could rebuild a whole entire car with with the shit between me and my cousin that I live with the the tools that we have in my garage. Yeah. And then in my backyard, I've got this big ass garden, and we've got like I got my bow targets and everything there. Like, that's home to me. Yep. And I want I want something I just want my own little piece, but with some land, I want to be able to like have some land to do shit on around there. And like, dude, that's I'm happy. Farm dominium, a couple acres, a thousand acres would be great. <laughs> yeah, ten thousand. But, would be but you know, like, like someone's comes to me. Yeah. I, and I think more people should strive to do that and make their own shit because we are getting fed fucking poison right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make my own beef towel fucking sunscreen this year to wear, wear, I have a boat rental company. So like, I, yeah. I stopped wearing sunscreen last year because I started reading about all the terrible shit that was in it that causes skin cancer. And I was like, 
okay, well, I, I'm, I, it, that's the bad thing about the internet. It's like, you're fucked either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so I either put it on and, and uh, try to keep cancer away from the sun, or I put it on and get cancer from the stuff yeah. we're using. Yeah. Well, that's, so, yeah. that's another great reason to hunt is to harvest your own meat. Like, people think it's terrible for hunting, like, if people look at it from the outside in, but, like, hunters pay for all, almost all conservation. Mm-hmm. They, all, all conservation. All, all conservation. Um, you know where your shit's coming from. That animal went and lived its its life, and then all of a sudden got smacked one day, and then like, it's over. It's not like it went through a, a processing, and it's not pumped full of all kinds of bullshit. Like you know exactly, like when you're eating that motherfucker, you know exactly where it's coming from. Yeah. And like right now, I'm cutting my deer with store bought pork or beef, mm, and like yeah. I'm still like, God damn it, it's better. The fifty percent is better than Where'd all of it. Go to some of these local markets, and, and that's what I want to start street, doing. Street. Farmers markets, you and know, stuff like that. That's yeah. not that's cut straight off. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh what's been your most core memory favorite hunt to me? You. Me? What got you in hunt? You tell us. I know, you? Dude, to be honest with you, it's 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 a little bit different. I, I've kind of said it on a podcast before, but like I'm the only person in my family that hunts. I got a buddy that's just like I'm, that. I'm the only person in my family that messes with guns, that wants to be outside, not that's they're cool. against or anything. They, they, they push me like first generation outdoorsman. Yeah, that, I mean, my grandpa shot some deer and stuff. He worked cows and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But, like, as far as the hunting aspect, like, it, nobody in my family really taught me anything. I have no idea where it came from. But, like, I was the kid that was watching hunting shows mm-hmm. and, like, telling my family I'm going to go there. That's awesome. Like, I'm going to go to those places. I'm going to Africa. I'm going to Alaska. Yeah. The person, oh, my God, you, you're not going there. It's dangerous and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. But, like, that's what got me into it. And I was lucky enough to have, like, friends growing up in Goliath, of course, yep. that, like, took me hunting with them. Like, either, I didn't really shoot whitetails until I got older, but uh, I'd go with them, and they'd shoot whitetails, and we'd clean them and stuff and yep. all that, so that's what got me into it. And then, like, hunting with dogs, hog hunting, and all that kind yep. of stuff, that's my favorite. Like, I, I love dogs. If we're working cows or hog hunting or doing something like that, like, I love working with dogs. I got two catahoulas and stuff. You're right too now. old to run dogs anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no, 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 no. That's no, what I'm talking about. Talk to my boys, Josh and Trey, back at home. They, they like running them during the day. We'll start out, it'll be dark by 435, but you get it to the morning and when the sun comes up. No, yeah. you better quit talking like that. You better just get your ass in the gym, boy. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel great. <laughs> but that's uh, that. That's how I kind of got into it. Um, but I'd say there's, there's kind of two hunts that are my favorite. One was a, a turkey hunt. We wound up killing a triple on public land in Nebraska. That was pretty fun. And that comes down to meeting people on Instagram and yeah. like that's awesome. I met this dude, uh, Tim Hensley. Shout out to Tim. He's a great guy. Um, but he lives in Arkansas and I was leaving a turkey hunt in South Texas and he called me. He's like, hey man, we need another camera guy. We lost the guy. He's back out. So if you can meet me in Arkansas at my house, we're going to drive up to Nebraska and yeah, go yeah. turkey hunt. So I called Megan and my mom and I'm like, hey, um, we're going to Arkansas. And they're like, what? I'm yes. like, yeah, I'm going hunting with this dude so, in Arkansas. Like, you never met this dude. Trip. You never just... All you do is talk to him on Instagram, and I'm like, yep, I'm gone. So we went, killed the triple, and then I'd say the next one would probably be uh, Megan's whitetail. She killed a couple years ago. So she had never stalked a whitetail, and we were actually going out to the blind for me to kill the deer. And we were driving on the Can-Am, and I looked out, and I see this buck down the Sendero. And, like, I was shooting my bow, and I I was like, I don't think I can get to him, you know? I think Megan could shoot. I was like, Megan, you can go down there and shoot this deer. And she's like, 
they're stuck here. I'm like, all you have to do is just walk down the brush line and just stay down Be there. Be quiet. And I'm going to stay up here and I'm watching. I filmed the whole thing, like her walking, and like, so you can like see her scurry back and forth the whole time. But she goes down and she gets down. I'm like, oh man, she's right there. And I hear a boom. And he just folds. And she gets up and she's just like, yeah, she's like that. But that's probably like one of the most like, Exciting hunt I've been on just to go watch her do that. That's so cool. And that's the thing, it's like it's it's so exciting. Like getting back to like what is getting in the outdoors done for you, like from you not coming from that to to having that in your life, like it obviously means a lot to you. Oh yeah. And like going back to that, so so Brandon, um shout out to Brandon Harrell, uh Harold Whitetail Ranch. That's where we're at. That's where we're at, right? We're at his his uh his hangar. Um good friend of mine kind of a mentor and uh he's let me use his space up here for for my podcast and uh brandon does a lot of work with a uh organization called city kids outdoors or city oh, kids yeah. adventures and they take inner city kids that grew up maybe without a dad or somebody to take them out to the woods or they have their dad or they're just and that are from you know like maybe a rougher uh, upbringing and they take them and introducing them into the outdoors they and then they get them involved they help them get scholarships and like dude something that needs to be implicated in school yes and like dude and like i want to get involved like i want to get involved in that stuff like i i for me i love helping other people like that's one of like i feel like god put me on earth to help other people and i want to be able to, to somehow tie business into doing that and however which way but like my yeah. cup my cup gets full from filling other people's cup like that fills my cup like and, and that's the same with anybody like when your cup is full when you take care of yourself your inner child whatever that is i know it's not like talking about shit. <laughs> but once your cup is full you can run over into other people's cups yep. and man it just it keeps on giving and like you get those kids in the outdoors and you show them that that's a that that's like that dude traveling for me when I was younger, being from Hallsville in a small town and getting out of Hallsville, realizing like, oh, my God, there's a whole world out here. Yeah. Everything's different. It's Everybody's nice, and these people are different from different parts of the world. And like, we're all getting along. Like, getting kids from the city and getting them outside and being like, dude, like, this is what life should be like. Yep. And like, opening those eyes, like, dude, that's such a core. And people are meant to be outside. Mm. Like, people, people go outside now. I can't how this how the saying goes. It's like people go outside or go camping as a trip now. But like we used to live outside. We used to yeah. live outside, man. Like we were sat inside all day for whatever the reason. Yeah, I was just yeah. because it was yeah. sick or just, yeah. just work. <laughs> yeah, work. And then like stepped out in the sun and it's just like, <sighs> yeah, it feels so good. Uh, <laughs> and like amazing. to your point too, like it's fun getting like we did the adult mentor hunts. We've done the youth hunts too, Megan and I both. And, and yes, it is. It's, it is helping other people and getting other people hunting. But it's more time that I get to spend hunting. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I might not get to pull the trigger, but I'm still sitting there. Mm-hmm. I'm still getting to see the deer come in, the hogs, yeah. whatever it is. See and the then you get to see the excitement from them. Yeah. It's, it's my awesome. nephews are four and five right now, and my nephew got a, his first BB gun the other day. And I was so pleased to see how how obsessed he was with it because I didn't think like they live in Wimberley and like he gets to come back to Houseville with us, but like. They're too little for me to bring them everywhere with me. Yeah. They're getting to the age where, like, I start packing those little shitheads up and bringing them with me. But, like, I can't wait to have my own kids, but just to have my nephews and, like, get them into it, man. Like, yeah. and show them that kind of stuff. Like, like, I love hearing how excited you got about, you know, your, your fiance mm-hmm. shooting her deer. Like, 
it's fun for me to watch other people do it. Yeah. Or, or to go fish. Like I've taken several people from Austin. That's one of my favorite things to do is meet people in Austin and be like, yeah, Austin's beautiful. It's awesome. You know, but like, like this, this is, this is not what the rest of Texas is like. Let me get you out of here. Like I'll take you to Houtsville. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of where I'm from, man. And like, I appreciate it so much more that I've been gone now yeah. and bringing people there and then having them catch their first fish or shoot their first deer and then showing them how to process it and then vacuum pack it, make sausage and then let them eat that and yeah. like, watch what that does to them. Like, dude, it is freaking up. That's money, dude. Yep. For yeah. Sure. For sure. Like you said, like the chick from, from Norway or whatever that you took, that you took. Oh yeah. I've never been hunting, never been fishing guns or anything. We took her and just had a blast. Put a fat zen in. She, yeah. she outzen you. <laughs> yeah, whatever that was. That took a double hunt and yeah. around it for us. Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Shoot, man, we've been at this thing for a while. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's been. What do we got? On the on the on the second recording, we're at forty-eight minutes. I don't know what it was on the first one. Yeah, we had a little technical technical difficulties with internet, but it worked out, man. But dude, it's been a blast to talk to y'all. For sure, we're gonna we're gonna do this again. Like I said, we're gonna come out and film some captures and stuff. Some captures and do you you know how to call turkeys and all that? I do know how to call some turkeys. So. I've never hunted turkey hunting legitimately. Dude, neither oh, have I. I've whacked neither a turkey I. Shut up. Turkey. I've, I've shot a turkey, like, but I've never in. sat and called in a but turkey hunt. <laughs> I've got a virgin place that has some turkeys. Dude. And in South Texas, I might have to set something up this spring. Dude. I'm, I, I want to shoot them with my bow. I do too. Okay. But I don't know how to call them. Alright. I'll, I'll do it right. So, if, if you've been listening, any of my listeners listen to the podcast, I've always, I've always said this. For me, Turkeys were, were, were put on this earth to be shot in the face with a twelve gauge shotgun. <laughs> that's that's just the way I feel. That's just just the way that I feel. But if you want to shoot one with a bow, I, I got no qualms against it, and I I will call in turkeys for you. But I I just prefer to shoot them in the face with a shotgun. What but, if we do the big big razor ones? I'm gonna like chop its you, head you can off. do whatever you want to. I'm not trying to push my agenda on anybody else. Anybody else, but we we can call in some turkeys. Dude, I, I, I got used, a good place. For I it. used to hate turkeys. Like when when the Outdoor Channel came on, it was springtime and all. Like dude, I hated it. But I got to go turkey hunting with some buddies one time, and I watched one. Watch this guy. His, his name's Keenish from Louisiana, but he came over here because he wanted to kill a real first land. And uh, he called in this turkey, and I'm. I've seen turkeys my whole life. You're like, we're we're in South Texas. We so we have we are covered oh, up. Oh. In that's turkeys. why. That's why I never hunted. That, exactly. No, everybody's like, get the turkeys out of here for the deer to come yeah, in. Exactly. Like, that's it's how not I was. that bad. But also, Dude, I had fifty. I had forty to fifty turkeys at my stand almost every day yeah. where I live. And by they're so thick, they would be. The feeder would go off. They're standing corn, there. Corn yeah. is gone yeah. in two minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But watching it, watching that tom come from in it. and just blow up and just strut, mm-hmm. and then you hear him drums, and he's just walking in, it'll it'll make the hair stand up on you, and you're just sitting there because you got to be still until you. I mean, you can see him coming from 40, 50, 100 yards away, but you got to wait till he gets there, and you just got to sit there and just cut your eyes and just watch him the whole time, and right at the last second, just. You do it. See the funny thing about turkeys. See, I know we're trying to wrap this thing up here. Is there's, I feel like they're so dumb when you're not trying to hunt them. Oh, it's, dude. it's like I, my favorite. One of my, one of my, one of my, one of my, one of my favorite pastimes is fucking with turkeys. Like when I see mushrooms, like, 
yeah. and they all come and you're like, yeah. these things are retarded. Yeah. Yeah. But but when you hunt them and they know, I don't even know if they know they're being hunted, <laughs> but they just it doesn't freaking work. Mm-hmm. And you'll get you'll hear Tom Goblin and he'll just be hammering, dude, like oh he's coming, oh he's coming, and then all of a sudden he'll be like hundred yards away. You're like well, what? The, hmm. What did I do? Like, what happened? I feel like I could kill him with a baseball bat if I needed to. Dude, I swear. <laughs> I feel like you feel like that, and then when you're hunting them, it's completely different. But, yeah, like, it's it's a lot of fun. We can definitely make a turkey on half of the spring. I'm guiding uh, two places, no, well, one place uh, for two weekends. I'm trading so I can go kill a bird, and then uh, we can make it happen. Killing some blow dart, blow dart, like, uh, like Tim, oh, Tim Wells. Tim Wells. I'm friends with his daughter, Sydney, um, but it's a different story, like, wait yeah, I'm we, we should talk some pink sometime with both. Yeah, I want to yeah. do that real bad. Yeah, you know? we can have a good first one too. Sweet. Sounds good. Hell man. yeah. Well, guys, appreciate y'all listening to the podcast and definitely go check out Drew's page and check out Justin's page and, you know, follow these guys and see what they're doing. Same Catch here. If you're, coming, if you're coming from mine, if you're my one listener, we're coming from mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give Brandon a follow. Give Justin a follow. Like, Justin, if you if you like the, 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 the capture content, most of my videos that I've posted have been with them, and he's got tons of them. Um, you can get as many as you want over there. I'm glad he's finally posting. But, yeah. but Brandon, so. and Brandon, yeah, Brandon's Brandon's good at what he does, and, and uh, I hope to see a lot more content out of you, too. For man. sure, man. Gonna hope to done. make some with you, too. Exactly. Pumps, awesome, man. Sounds yeah. good. All we'll right. Check out next week. Our fake goodbye. Yeah. Lame. <laughs> 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 Hell yeah.